0: There was one thing. Some uh do we have a meet do we have a meeting jingle? Um call the good day sir meeting. <laughs> no, we just have a we have a gavel. We have a gavel.
1: I don't know do it. <laughs> Does that work? I guess. Cuz more
0: of a knock. It's more that, of a knock. That, that Anyways, move on. works. Good enough. Um I'm having issues with um our sign up page for our community. So, anyone who's listening who Maybe sent an email and hasn't gotten an invite, or maybe you forgot. Just either direct message me on Twitter, John de Santiago, or um, resubmit it. No one knows what you just said, John de Santiago. Yeah, <laughs>
1: <laughs> the last name is de Santiago.
0: de Santiago. Yeah,
1: you say you just say it so fast that no one's going to hear that.
0: It's a it's a long name. I had to say it know, fast. Well, it's efficient. Not if
1: you want. Maybe that's why you haven't gotten any tweets about it. <laughs> no one can. Everyone gets it wrong.
0: So the issue is I, I can't tell if someone's spam or not. So a lot of times I'll look at an email address and if it looks kind of shady to me or it looks weird to me, like it's got some weird characters in it or it says the word spam, which we've gotten a few times, um, I'll ignore it. So if if you do have a weird email address or something and you you didn't get an invite and you want to get an invite, just ping me directly on Twitter or try to resubmit it and I'll, I'll take that as a, hey, I'm a real person. Unfortunately, the Squarespace site that we're using for this um, doesn't let me add any kind of CAPTCHA or anything like that to the form. So I can't believe that. I'll have to figure some other way out. I think there's some other technique I can use, like maybe adding a hidden form and bots will you know populate it or a hidden input. Yeah. But I, I, I haven't had time to mess with it. So just know that if you didn't get an invite, go and resubmit or just ping me directly on on. Direct message on Twitter and um and we'll get you taken care of. So well let's let's talk
1: about the Slack channel
0: okay. for a minute. So it's um it's pretty cool, I think. It's awesome.
1: Yeah. You know, it's this it doesn't surprise me at all. But I think I think it deserves a benny off woo. It's like full oh oh a, a woo. Yeah, we need a woo yeah for our community. Um I can I can probably do that. I'm not stalling, I promise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not stalling. I think we did a really good job setting that up and executing that. Mark, what do you think? They
0: should take a bow. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, it's um, you know, it's I feel like it's this uh channel that's full of these incredibly smart people.
0: Yeah, I'm starting to feel like, you know, I'm not so smart as I thought I was. Exactly. <laughs> um,
1: there there is so I will say, um if you're interested in joining, you, you probably should. Um we've got it's a good group of some really smart people but if you haven't joined yet and you're interested then what is it gooddayserpodcast.com and click on community right community community you got to click on community it doesn't say slack or anything else it says community um but yeah come join it um but we have a problem there is a problem with our slack
0: channel with our good Day Sir community it's it's your problem i know what you're leading up to it is well I don't it's know the same you know, problem you and I have now, where you don't want to talk to me. You don't want to have a conversation with me. No, that's a different problem. Oh, okay. What I'm talking about, it is a
1: 100% sausage fest to end all sausage fests.
0: <laughs> not intentionally. I'm, I'm starting to wonder, do women listen to podcasts? I think so. Well, Christy listens to us, and she's a girl. Well, why? <laughs> where is she? Why is she not in our Slack channel? She has an
1: invite. She's, she's requested one. She did. Okay, I just haven't seen her. Did she join?
0: Um, I don't know if she, she got the, I sent the invite out, so maybe she hasn't gotten it or it got lost or in the mail or something. I don't know.
1: I mean, there are no women in there. I'm just like, okay, are we, are we, um, and I don't want to turn this into like what the ATP guys did, that just the constant self-flogging about how they don't do enough, that they did something wrong or they don't do enough for women or whatever. I don't, but I do. I mean, like, are we, is there something we're doing? Are we, are we, um, are we not a safe
0: space? We're safe space. I feel I mean, I feel like we are. I I feel like our community is is the epitome of safe space. Not, I mean, you can go in there, you can you can ask questions, you can air your grievances on what's frustrating you, just like we do on this show. I mean, it's it's an extension of this show. Yeah, I I just don't think we do anything. I don't think we
1: make sexist jokes or we, we certainly aren't you know, I think we're very respectful of women. We've had women as guests. Some of some of our uh, most honored what do you call them? Honorary um Honorees of the Good Day Sir show are women, so honorees. And I am just—I don't—I didn't know what to call them. What are they called?
0: Good Day Sir, honored alumni. Alumni. There you go. Honored alumni. I don't know.
1: (laughs) And just contributors, you know, and whatever. They're they're women, so I don't understand why we don't have any in the Slack channel. Maybe women don't do (laughs) Slack. I mean, either either the women don't listen to podcasts. Or they don't do Slack. (laughs) And I'm not sure why. Or or, Or maybe we're doing something. We've
0: only just barely started this and we need to get the word of mouth out. And that's what we're doing.
1: I guess so. Just give it
0: more time. It's fine. I I mean, I'm not... I I think we're okay.
1: But yeah, we... um, It's a good group. But if you haven't joined yet and you're
0: interested, then come join. We promise we don't bite.
1: We've got some other Salesforce podcasting all-stars in the the channel. We do. Um, Um, And uh,
0: vloggers, apparently... Uh, uh, podcasters that I thought were podcasters are now vloggers, Mr. Matt Morris.
1: Oh, that's right. So yeah, so there's Matt, there's, well, there's two Matt's. Matt Morris and Matt Lacey. Mm-hmm. But it reminds me, speaking of other Salesforce podcasters, we got a, I'll just say, you. I'll just call them out. <laughs> this is a shout out to... You'll, the, you'll name names. This is, no, I don't, this is a shout out <laughs> to the Cloud Focus guys. What are they, Jason and Justin? I, I might have that wrong. They gave us a <laughs> a quasi shout out we were those guys or those other guys or something like that
0: <laughs> well they're the ones to beat right now they're like on 250 something episodes and we're at uh, 82 that, 83 that, that is a contest that I'm not interested
1: in winning though John <clears throat> Yeah, this is 82 right now
0: no this is 82 oh it is 82 yeah I already had so don't notes. put 83 in the episode metadata <laughs> or whatever it is <laughs> it was the file name I got wrong last time um. Let's let well, me pause. Let me pause one second. Okay. Should we discuss what happened? <laughs> That's just a minor technical. It was fixed in post. This doesn't exist. This conversation is not happening. It is happening. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so so Jamie was hearing some weird sounds, and it turns out he was rubbing his beard. <laughs> and you didn't catch me, so I'm gonna I, I'm gonna click you for not clicking me. Well, I'm gonna click you. You're failing on your I'm duties. I'm gonna click you for. For not paying your dues, by the way. <laughs> you know who is paying their dues? No. I am. Why? Because I have signed on for Amazon Smile. I don't even know what that is. It's something new. Tell me about it. It's uh it's charity. Okay. Um We do a lot of shopping on Amazon. And um so Amazon has this new program. I think it's been around for a little bit, but I've I finally took the time to research it and essentially all it is, is is every time you buy something I don't know the exact percentage um, but they'll they'll match or donate to your charity of choice so every time you buy something whether it's it has to be approved items that you buy but they have this whole new the site you have to you have to basically go to amazon.smile or something like that and um, make your purchases under that domain and then that's when you basically your your chosen charity will, will also start to receive um, donations we have a, we
1: have a question, John. That just came in. Um, is this under the one one one
0: model? It might be one percent. What do you mean? It might be. Is it, it or because is it not? It's part of my one percent. One percent of what I, I buy. Uh, I, buy. Uh, I think this gets a. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean it's 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 an offer. It, they're they're offering this. It hasn't changed. You know what I spend because uh, I'm just doing what I normally do is I buy stuff and but I'm doing it under the umbrella of of Amazon Smile, and so there's some charity involved, and why not? Right. Um, if you're curious, the does that cost you anything? No. Well, so where's the money coming from? I'm assuming from a percentage of the purchase, so it could be as small as one percent. So Amazon's paying it. Yeah. Okay. So Amazon's working with. They have a list of charities that they're aware of. Um, it does say in their instructions that you can you can enter in a name, and if they're if it's not someone they've contacted or, or worked out, you know, how to organize funds, then they'll reach out to them and, and let them know and, and all those kind of things. So, but if you're curious, I I, I did CAMFID.
1: Oh, okay. Those guys are, yeah.
0: hmm. you know, we, we did that $50, well, I'm not going to say, we did that donation previously Um, and I've been following them and they actually made the news recently uh, because they've pretty much fully signed on with Financial Force and Salesforce. So Who has? Camfed Oh my gosh. So they're apparently growing. They're, they're apparently receiving quite a bit of funding that they so, need to so start they're, managing. So they're running their entire
1: ERP and financials on a system that you can't get more than a one megabyte debug log out of when something <laughs> is going wrong.
0: That makes me feel real good. They're out there doing, they're, they're not developing. They're out there trying to manage and, and manage their yeah. their portfolio okay. of funds and donations yeah. and all those kind of things to meet their goals. Why'd you have to rain on my parade? No, I'm just Man, you fun. really threw me know. off topic with I that. Know. I was like, "Oh, what What do I say <laughs> to that? <laughs> I'm trying to talk about good stuff here.
1: <laughs> this is what I'm here for, John. Just to bring you down.
0: Uh, I, I swear I sound so unprofessional. Because you always find a way to you stick it to me. No, that just, you know, I'm the color commentator. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, more news. Google is now going to start competing with Echo. I said Echo and not Thank you. Everyone thanks you for that. Alexa, please tell everyone my personal information. <laughs> Alexa, please email everyone my personal information. What are you doing? God, I'm going to have to beep all that. Why? Because. You always think that that's for some reason someone's listening to us within earshot of, of an echo. It, I'm sure they are. John, this I'm just going to let you no know. No one has ever said, ha ha, you guys
1: made my echo do something. Don't forget, this podcast gets hundreds of thousands of downloads a week.
0: I mean, just do the math. Even if it's just one percent of them. <laughs> so I think that's interesting. I, I'm waiting for uh, Apple to follow suit. Well, tell me about the Google thing. I think I saw saw it in the news, but
1: I, I intentionally didn't read it because it's, it's a fairly ta- new
0: new recent announcement. I think it came out yesterday. Okay. In terms of announcement, it 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 doesn't look like Echo. Echo is this tall, black cylinder. Looks very technical. Oh, it's all about the color for you, huh? I see how you are, but Google's Home is is different. It's this <laughs> weird modern, is it rainbow looking beige thing? No, mm. and they have it in this modern setting, sitting next to a modern lamp on this modern table that's full of really see, this, bright
1: colors. This is good because, as cool as the Echo is, you know, having these big companies with ridiculous amounts of money compete against each other to keep get these things, you know, getting better is is a good thing. Yeah, I mean we're getting closer to being able to talk to our houses. Well, and I also
0: think Google is—they're already better, and even probably Microsoft is, is better than Siri. I haven't spent enough time with with what Google offers in terms of voice recognition, so uh, my only interaction is Siri and like, and like Google. What do they call it? The Google Assistant. I
1: think that's what it's called. It's and you say, I'm not going to say it, but you say, "Okay, system," right? <laughs> but yeah. right, and it triggers it, and I'm, I'm not an Android guy, but. From what I've heard, it's pretty good. Whereas, you know, Siri, okay, so stop. You're creating work for me, John.
0: <laughs> okay. Now you're just trolling okay. me. Okay, good. We'll transfer a million dollars to John John's account. <laughs> God. What? I'm trying to make this ah, work you're for
1: You're killing me. You can be up all night, John. So, anyways,
0: I, we're 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 on the fourth. We're on the edge, the 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 beginning, the start of a of this whole new war. Now,
1: you're not in the Echo ecosystem, are you? Or I do am- you? You're an Echo enabled home.
0: Well, the only thing I, I've enabled don't uh, what have I enabled? My thermostat. But you have an Echo. Yeah.
1: Okay, I didn't know if you did or not. That's what yeah, I was asking. I do. I haven't actually. I haven't hooked up any devices or home automation to it.
0: I haven't gotten into the home
1: automation thing. You know, for the longest time, people, I mean, people have been doing home automation for like, what, 20 years? And it's always been kind of crappy. But I feel like it's getting like to the point that I should start looking into it. Like, it's, yeah, it's, I think it's getting there. That now that there are standards and like stuff doesn't
0: suck as One much. Is it's expensive. I mean, you have the devices, but then you go out and buy, replace all your light switches with $30 switches that are, you know, Wi-Fi enabled. Or do you? Or light bulbs? It's 2016, or and I just thermostats. It's 2016, and I just
1: converted one of my light switches to a dimmer. <laughs> <laughs> but you know why? Well, I, even that you I, have to be no careful way. with. You know why I haven't until now? Because all these stupid, overpriced, crap quality, broken promise will kill you from mercury poisoning if you break one. CFL bulbs do not support dimming. Oh yeah. Now, later in the narrative, the the saga of CFL, they got to where they were producing some that could be dimmed, but they were—it was real buggy. Mm -hmm. Some dimmers would work with some certain bulbs, and other dimmers would only work with other bulbs, and they would buzz a lot, and still sucked. That CFL was one of the biggest environmentalist crap scams ever. I'm—I've started to gone. I'm, I'm converting to LED everything. LEDs the are the
0: one thing about LEDs they, they're a bit harsh. Um they can have a bit of a spotlight effect unless you got a good something to diffuse the light.
1: Well that's that's the job of the yeah, the the lamp manufacturers to produce a You
0: have well, to get a good one. And but. they haven't figured it out. I have a ceiling fan in my son's room and it's it's got this center LED light and it looks like a spotlight in his room. It's okay. not this natural flooding of light, it's just this spotlight. And John,
1: I'm just gonna need you to Open your mind a little bit because I'm going to tell you something. I need it need to sink in. Okay. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> how am I doing it wrong? Because I don't have that problem, but I buy good lights. You know, they're not cheap lights. Like they're.
0: Come over to my house and tell me how I did it wrong. Okay. Well, did you I you mean, haven't been what, over in a what, while, anyways. What, Brandon? I'll, I'll, I'll get you some barbecue. We'll have some beers no, that's, and some barbecue. Well, that's, okay. You got me. That's how you get me over. Well, let's do it. <laughs> It's been like no, but I've been buying. Years. Like in our bathroom,
1: we have the the year. the just the that A what is it called A twelve or whatever. Just the normal normal light bulb shape. Is that an American thing that size? The A was it A twelve or A eight? I don't know. Uh, but like normal sixty watt bulbs, <laughs> right? In, that are in our bathroom I'm not a light bulb
0: nerd I converted like all
1: those to LED, and they're Cree is the brand. They used to be like twenty bucks, but now they're like eight eight or nine dollars at Home Depot. And they're supposed to last you know for fifty thousand hours or something. And if they yeah. do, they're a great value. But they, the quality of light they produce, and the diffusion is excellent.
0: We have a few of those. Um, this this particular um, ceiling fan that I'm talking about, actually, I think, am I right or wrong? I want to say it has the LEDs built in, or some some weird way that the LEDs are placed, that it, it's not like those bulbs that you're getting where the light is diffused. Yeah, you know, the only diffusion that happens is this plate that sits, you know, that covers it. Um, but again, because the, it's such a small area, it's it's very focused, hanging down. It's just a spotlight.
1: The other big challenge on LEDs is diffusing the heat. So, if you notice, they'll have, like, heat sinks. Mm. and Yeah. But they're going to get better at that. And I showed you in my garage. I have the, the long tubes, the T8 or T12, whatever. Not the, oh, that's not right. The, you, those are LEDs, right? I can I bought, I converted. So, I I ripped out the ballasts and mm-hmm. got these. They're the same shape as the fluorescent tubes. But they're just lined with like a hundred LEDs, and they those are awesome. They're loveless lights,
0: yes. Not the investment. As long as
1: they last, then they're a great deal. I mean, they're not cheap. I think for I think they were ten bucks a tube, but that's actually not that bad. Maybe it's more than that, ten or fifteen bucks a tube. I don't know. But if they last, I think again, they're supposed to last for like fifty thousand hours, right? And they can be. They're unlike CFLs.
0: Turning them on and off a lot doesn't hurt them. Yeah, I mean. I like them, it's just as long as you have a good way of diffusing them because they are very strong. Whites. We need to we need to keep moving on. We have a lot to talk about.
1: In fact, I've already moved
0: half of my stuff to next week. Good, because that's what I ended up <clears> having to do most of the time. All right, I have another thing to talk about, and um, I, I want to give Squid some props. This okay. is something that's that's kind of been unfolding over the last over the course of this week. Um, but essentially, there's a issue that was caused by Salesforce it's a Salesforce issue. Yeah. Um, so one of the latest patches of the Summer 16 release that's in, in sandboxes, so it's not going to affect your production, but it's going to affect affect your sandboxes. Um, I think it's related to, um, they have this new feature where your static resources will be served from the Visualforce domain versus, you know, the standard Salesforce domain. And in Summer 16, I guess that gets turned on it's man- automatically. It's been optional. It's been optional, it's man- but it, yeah. now it's mandatory. Yeah. And, I don't know if there's some kind of bug or some kind of issue with the way they implemented that because it caused a lot of um, breakage when people were using relative URLs um, along with static resources. Um, and that's something that Squid was doing, you know, whenever you're including your static resources, or even their own static resources into to their application. Um, so Sales Squid, along with a bunch of other people, reported this issue to Salesforce. They released some patch recently. It didn't really address the issue fully. Um, and here's where I want to give Squid some props because they didn't just sit there and go, oh, it's Salesforce's issue. They got to fix it. They, they at least proactively found a workaround. And the workaround wasn't really all that great because it meant we had to kind of hard code our, our domains, you know, give the full URL. Yeah. So what they did is they released another patch on their side that actually took those relative URLs and, and you know, expanded them out to the full path. So it looks at, you know, your current environment, what the domain and everything is and, and expands that out. Um, and that patch worked great, except for page includes, which is what I was working on. Which I have a lot of going on. I actually, I, if you ask them, I think I think I asked I asked them this, or they said it to me when we met at Dreamforce. They were like, you know, page includes is something we wish we never did. Mm. Um, but it is something I, I did end up using and made heavy use of, and I really want to move away from it myself um, because I have more efficient ways of loading content and managing models now than, than I did before when I was still learning. So. Um, but given that, I'm still having to deal with it, and there's a little gap in in the solution they provided that where the page includes weren't weren't fully expanding that path. So, um, but they were right on it. They responded to me. They're they're working on a fix. They'll probably have something for me soon. Um, but yeah, you know, I just want to give them props for great customer service. Mm, that is good.
1: They should take a bow. <laughs> Thank you.
0: Oh, and if you're having some weird issues with static resources in your sandboxes. It, Go look up this known issue. I'll put it in the show notes. You know what else? There's something else that's happening. Um,
1: they are discontinuing. They're going to be blocking. Is it TLS one? TL sorry TLS one point one or one point two? Can't remember.
0: Uh, I want to say one point two.
1: And like the Maven's mate I'm using uses that one. They're because oh, still blocking. on the older version. I guess. I mean, I'm the, I'm on the one that works, <laughs> and it only kind of works. Mine works. I I, I mean. Well, so I'm on six, which is actually the, which is actually four,
0: right? Because <laughs> you don't want to use the good, separate good, application. Good job with the versioning, guys. <laughs> How much did you pay for that?
1: Um, one million dollars. No, I didn't pay for it. <laughs> and shut the hell up, now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hang on, hang on, hang on.
0: He's a jackass. I oh, know. I am. Sorry. <laughs>
1: I admit it. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I don't play that clip often enough. I know. I mean, what's the last time you heard that one? It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot I had it. <laughs> um. All right. Um. Yeah, I have one thing to say to you, John, and that's sayonara. Have you heard of this? <laughs> sayonara? <laughs> I love the look on your face. Yeah, uh, there's Are you, uh, yeah, there's something within Salesforce called Project Sayonara. Can you guess what it is? Uh, goodbye to the classic interface. It's goodbye to Oracle. Oh.
0: So what do you think their plan is? Because I don't
1: know, but this is all over the news. Um, here's the Register: Salesforce cutting ties to Oracle. They're work. They're working working to cut their dependency on Oracle with a project called Sayonara. Um. It, there's a guy that they hired who's still there. Do you remember when they had the Postgres initiative and they were going to hire 50, maybe they probably did, 50 Postgres developers? And I, they didn't come out and say this, but I think the idea was was they were going to replace Oracle with Postgres. Yeah. <clears throat> and of course, that didn't happen. And that's, I know, I mean, I'm sure it was a valiant effort, but that's really hard to replace, especially you know when you, I mean, you can just tell and I, I won't divulge any information that I may or may not have received from actual Salesforce, Salesforce employees, but you can just tell from um, error message you get when sometimes the, like the Oracle it's like stack trace or error message will bubble up and you'll see, you know, the Oracle errors. Right. Um, they've got so much baked into Oracle security and stored procedures and all that. Um, not to mention just all the other enterprise aspects. So, um, you know, fell over, back up, all that. I mean, it's all you know. Oracle—that's that, one thing that sets Oracle. Well, that apart. was one of the things they sort of blamed. Well, so this but, is this is the interesting thing, and we'll get into this, but they're they're actually it sounds like they're doubling down on Oracle. I mean, on the one hand, they're trying to replace it, but until it's replaced, they're actually having to—I I, think—actually buy more Oracle stuff. They're having to up their probably up their
0: licenses. Well, that was one thing we got from from the call that we heard, which is. You know, their plan for how they're gonna transfer this data. Well, and the way they're transferring it isn't a homegrown solution. No. It's a I'll
1: let you continue. Well I don't uh, wanna get into it just. No, yet. Uh, yeah, we'll get into it in a little bit, but um Yeah, I was just looking for more well, I was looking for the guy's name. I saw it somewhere. I guess it's not in this article. Um you know, the thing is, it's funny. Do you remember when Salesforce used to like, I mean, on all their materials and at the bottom of their website when they, they would list like the their technology vendors they relied on and there was like some kind of Java related thing and there was Oracle, right? Back when they were a $200 million company or heck, I mean, $10 million <laughs> company. They, I'm sure, you know, they're just trying to prove some credibility so that, you know, you lean on your vendors for that, but yeah. What was that guy's name? He was from Microsoft. Um, he was on the SQL Server team at Microsoft, and he's been at he's been at Salesforce. Oh, Pat. Um, it's either Helland or Helond or Elond. I don't know if he's uh, French, but yeah he he was on he was a software architect on SQL Server and Bing. But he joined Salesforce in two thousand twelve to work on a, quote, cloud-based, multi-tenanted, tenanted, tenanted." Mm. who say that, file system and database technology, according to his LinkedIn profile. But, and I don't know what changed or what happened that all of a sudden this is in the news again. But just given that that Salesforce and Oracle are continuing to become bigger competitors, you know, Oracle is providing all these cloud services, they both have CRM, they both have field service, apparently. They both have
0: support. What else do they both have? Platform as a service. I mean, marketing, CRM, service. <clears throat> but I don't want them to not be competitors anymore. Cause that's not going to happen. But, no, I mean, they're, so they're going to be competitors. It's but so I,
1: fun to watch the...
0: <laughs> it's kind of hard to, to fully compete with someone when you're kind of reliant on their technology. And it's it's embarrassing.
1: Especially when, you know... Especially when, uh, what's his name, Ellison can laugh and because Salesforce is one of his biggest customers.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, there's another side to this. I mean, not, not to say that Oracle or relation, relational databases are legacy, but I mean, we're advancing, we're, we're creating these new technologies, we're using new technologies. You know, maybe there's a better way of doing it now. Maybe, maybe another technology will better fit and allow them to do different and better things. Than relying strictly on on that database, which yeah. they've they've we we know they've had to customize heavily. They had to layer on technologies on top of it heavily to accomplish what they what they have done.
1: Yeah. Um, I have a um. I gotta give a I gotta give us some some props to Salesforce support. What I know. <clears throat> uh-huh. So this was um, was this tier one support. It this no. Exist. This was not tier one support. This was a combination of just you know the guys that answer the phone, and and in addition to that, a, a what do they call them? Account executive, I guess. Mm-hmm. Sales dude. But um, I have a client who, uh, who you know, you actually know, and they had Salesforce for a year. Mm-hmm. Or they had bought licenses for a year, and it was really an experimental thing, testing out a business model, testing out a product or whatever. And their year was coming up, and it didn't make sense the re- for them to renew at this point. They might in the future, but for now, it didn't make sense. So we, they let their org expire, and before that, you know, we did a, a data export, which actually here's the problem: never finished, and so no one ever got the email to download the data export. Mm. And also, they weren't on I did. 14, a, were they? I don't <laughs> think they. I don't think they were. Um, I don't think they were. Still a very slow export. It never finished, and also, so I did a metadata complete backup from production but it turns out we had a bunch of stuff in sandbox as well that needed to be backed up so anyway i called um just called in the on the phone number mm-hmm. the salesforce phone number 1-800 was it no software still even though that's hilarious oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> and uh i said yeah i need to get either a backup or back into this org and he's like and the support guy said well we don't we there's no way for me to like turn your org back on i mean it's still the org's still there they don't delete it immediately or anything um, but he said, "There's no, you know, there's. We don't have any way. We don't. We usually don't turn your org back on or let you have access to it. But we can probably get you a backup." And I said, "Well, here's the thing. It's not just data. I need. There's some metadata I need as well." I said, "Okay. Well, I'll put in the notes that you need a metadata backup as well." And I don't even know if they ever do metadata. I've never gotten a metadata backup from Salesforce. I don't know how you do that, other than through their API, right? But there's no button to push. that's like, hey, give me all the metadata zipped up. Is there? I don't think so. Yeah. They should do that, by the way. Yeah, why not? Um, But anyway, so like a day Mm -hmm. later, I get an email saying, uh, your data export's ready. I was like, oh, cool. So I clicked on it, and of course it wants me to log into Salesforce, and so I log in using the original credentials I had for this org, and I'm in. And it's like, oh, you've got a two-day trial. You have two days remaining on your trial. Like, they turn the org back on. That's really cool. So then I go in, and I see if I can log in the sandbox, because that's where I needed the metadata from. I log into the sandbox. I'm able to get in. And I exported all the metadata stuff I needed. But here's the funny thing. This was two days ago. I started a data export out of Sandbox just because I don't know if we have any data in there that's needed. But I was like, I'm going to do a data export anyway just to cover my bases. All right. Two days ago. Still still is pending. Really? that's, That's why we ended up without a data export to begin with. It just never finished and no one got the email, so no one downloaded it. Hmm. So, but... More props. I created a case because since I could log into the org now, I created a case and, hey, I this data export still hasn't finished yet. Can you give me some more time? And I got an email from the their AE said, hey, you got another seven days. That's nice. So, <laughs> thank you, Salesforce. Salesforce support and if it makes sense for this client to use Salesforce again, I'm sure they'll This you know, makes them feel much, you know, I don't want to say much better because they didn't feel bad about Salesforce, but it's uh, it's very encouraging, right? Yeah. To know that you're doing business with someone who wants to help you out and is not going to be a jerk about it, not going to hold anything hostage. In fact, they kind of went out of their way to help you leave. Right.
0: Yeah. That's a pretty good story. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's
1: a, John's I, about to fall out of his chair in I, shock. I'm, yeah, I'm a little, I'm
0: a little <laughs> shocked because normally your stories when it comes to support start with anger and fist waving Yeah. and yeah. table pounding.
1: Uh, did you see the news on your beloved coin? No. Fancy credit card. What? Are
0: they, are they going away? I think so. Yeah. I expected um, them to. But it's because... I was supposed to get a shipment you know, of a new card that I never got.
1: Um, Fitbit bought them. or oh, well, let me let me clarify. Fitbit bought some of Coin's assets. Hmm. Interesting. I think on the Coin website it said... I went to their website and looked and it said that... Um, Fitbit had bought some of their assets, but it, Coin is still operating... I don't know if, actually, I don't even know if they, I guess they're not operating, but your card will still work for the lifetime of the card, because it, it's not dependent on any phone home service or anything, right? Right. I mean, all it does is take your number and and replicate that onto the magnetic yeah. strip. So it said, you know, for the lifetime of the card, meaning, because I think the batteries are designed to last for at least a couple of years or something. Two years is what they say. Yeah. yeah. So as long as that battery's still good, you're you're probably you're fine, but there's just, I think, going to be no new cards and coin is dead.
0: It's interesting the Fitbit bought them. I wonder if that means they're going to try to get into some kind of transaction with their Fitbit, meaning you'll be able to do some kind of payment system with it. Because that was the next thing Coin was spo- supposed to be working on with the advent of, of um you know paying what, what is it, near field communication or I guess NFC. NFC. I, yeah. yeah. I mean I the so. Apple Pay stuff, the Google Pay stuff, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, Coin was supposed to move to that as well and enable that in their card. So you'd have your card and you could either tap it or you could scan it. Um, so so maybe that maybe that's some of the property that they they bought some of that technology they're working on yeah. Cause like I mean I can't think of any other reason Fitbit would be interested. I don't know either. Oh um yeah I think it was I think it was maybe
1: payment stuff. I mean people were saying listen if you take some of the latest Fitbit devices with their capabilities they currently have and add payments into that now you have a pretty interesting Apple Watch competitor right or. Also, what's the Google one called? The
0: Android Wear, I guess. Yeah. Microsoft has a watch too, if anyone didn't know. I, I didn't know. It's a, well, it's a band. It's not a watch, it's a band. <clears throat> like a jazz band or a... It's a band. I, I don't know. I think it's more more <laughs> geared towards fitness, but it has tiles and things. So I guess it's a, a supposed to be an Apple Watch competitor. I don't think it's gained much traction. It's Johnny, got any titles yet? No. Do you? Yeah. Of course I do. <laughs> All right, so moving on. Um, I have something to talk about, but I want to use it as a segue into financials. Oh, but really? Well, let which guess, one are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about NA fourteen, or we're going to talk about financials?
1: Well, let me let me do. I got a couple things to do before we get to those. Oh, okay. Um, because so I have a question for you. This is a this is an ask, John. <laughs> since when? $5. Since when did trailing spaces? become an compile error with apex never i'm starting to get it and it's the, what it says is no viable alternative at character and then it's got parentheses in the middle it's a space and i go look at the source code and i usually okay don't know no hate email or whatever i do usually i mean i'm usually pretty good about no trailing cuz you don't want trailing spaces in source yeah. code that's gross in fact i have my editor set up that you know trailing spaces get highlighted they're super ugly so i always say, right. But in this case, I was like, "Oh, there's a trailing space there." Sure enough, so I delete the trailing space and save it and send it off to the metadata, you know, munchkin land where they wind up rubber bands and feed the gerbils. <laughs> and you know, thirty seconds later, you might get a compiled file. Yeah. and the error's gone. Weird. I know. And I googled. I thought this must be something new with Summer '16, right? And I find people asking about this, you know, four or five years ago. Really? Why am I just now seeing this? And why is it? Only some. I, I don't understand. It's very intermittent. That's odd. It is odd. All right, so that's one thing. Another thing, and I mentioned this, this to you the other day. Why does Salesforce call it DML? They talk about DML all the time. You know, you there said is that. no
0: DML in Salesforce. You said that, and I looked at some of the more recent documentation, and they they've been replacing DML with CRUD.
1: The CRUD operations, yeah, but yeah. it's not a.
0: There's no D. There's no data no, there's manipulation no DML, language. But yeah, I, I think they've realized that and they started to change their terminology. Although error messages, I think, will still yeah, display DML. Exactly. Yeah. But there's yeah. There's no DML. I wish there was DML. Or, that yeah, would be even great. Even the de- the metadata API has methods using the term DML too. I think. I Doesn't think it's the, like get DML limits or something. Those kind of things. Oh, yeah. You switch that to CRUD. I know.
1: Got the CRUD. Um. <clears throat> man. Okay. Just something real quick. I haven't, I haven't read this, but I saw it. it. Just came across earlier. You can Google and Salesforce, I think they work together on this. They've hooked up got Google Docs to Salesforce in a way that you can create like a Google sheet hmm. and it can reference like a report or records in Salesforce and it stays live updated. And here's the kicker, it's bi-directional. So you can go to the spreadsheet and change some values and it will update those records in Salesforce. Ew, That's I, dangerous I, yeah, and I know. gross. But there's some cool potential there, but it is dangerous. You're right.
0: It is for those that are responsible, but there's a lot of irresponsible people out there that will use that irresponsibly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh,
1: John, ew, that's gross.
0: <laughs> it is. <laughs> you, you ever do something and you just feel dirty afterwards? Like you you do something, you know what's wrong, mm, no? and you just feel like no? you gotta go home and take showers. Oh, it's just gross. No, I think that's just you, actually. Oh, it's uh, me all the time. Uh, then. Okay. Maybe you should clients ask me to Maybe, do stuff all the time uh, that I know is wrong. I know it's wrong and it's gross and I have to do it. Does it involve uh, leather and spikes and what what are the, your clients asking you to do? Just all kinds of just <laughs> bad practices in Salesforce that I don't well, is know that what I you do. call
1: them bad practices? That's your code word. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: <laughs> hey I, I, hey I honey use, you, in the, my my you safe... in the mood for some bad practices tonight? I have to use my safe
1: word. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, that might be cool. Ugh. Man, I've got so much stuff I'm, I'm going to have to move off. Um, this is funny though. Did, have you have you followed this dispute between uh, George Lucas and Benioff over? That's what I wanted to segue. Okay, okay. Right, well, let's, let's let's
0: wait for financials on that. Like, you know, before I do that, I need another beer.
1: So this is where you vamp for us.
0: I don't vamp. I'm the quiet one of the two. You're the one that just. You're the one that just. Talks because you like hearing yourself talk. What would you bring to drink? So we, we've already had one, which was the chocolate stout that we had previously—chocolate milk stout—which stout. has changed, in my opinion. Well, time changes
1: things; nothing stays the same.
0: Though. Nothing stays the same. Unless it's frozen. I, I I hope you know people can't hear you because no. the gate's gonna no. shut your voice out. <clears throat> so, what are you what are you pouring right now? Alright, so Jeremy's pouring us a pale ale. Homebrew. Look at that. This is one you've made. Look at that head. Is this one I haven't had? No, you've had it. So I've had both of these? Yeah. This one's also has changed. I think probably not for the better. This one we had a few weeks ago? Or no. Oh
1: no. This is probably a couple months ago. Nice head. Smells good. Actually.
0: Get a lot of citrus.
1: Yeah. I'm trying to think of what hops I use. Uh Cascade and Centennial.
0: Yeah, so we're recording late and drinking lots of beer.
1: That should make for a fun show. Hmm. (laughs) Exactly. I'm going to be really articulate when it comes to all the financial numbers.
0: Salesforce was doing really good (laughs) until that thing happened, and they're like, oh. (laughs) Or as my grandfather used to do, he would come up and tell me how much he loved me and offer to buy me a car.
1: (laughs) I'm guessing that never happened.
0: No, he did. He was, oh, man. My well, grandfather.
1: No, the offer happened, but he didn't actually. Oh yeah, no, he never ahead. never did. But yeah, but my
0: grandfather <laughs> when he when he uh had his his moments. <laughs> um yeah, he'd promise you the world.
1: <laughs> All right. So do you have a lead into this? Do you have an angle on it? You want to start Are we doing with?
0: financials or are we doing N A thirteen? No, we're doing the museum. Or N A fourteen. Museum. Yes.
1: The the dispute between George Lucas and Mark Benioff. Oh yeah. You said that's what you wanted to lead in with? Are we going to do NA14? Yes. Last? I don't know. We can. I, I Listen, I think
0: once we get into NA14 and then financials, that's going to take us to the end. So so here, here's why I wanted to use this topic as a segue into financials, because I think Benioff is extremely distracted by all his social justice stuff. Yeah, he is. And to, to his credit or to Salesforce's credit, Putting Keith in the chair in the driver's seat when it comes to selling—I almost said didn't it cuss word—selling uh, stuff was probably a really good move. So, so let's talk about Lucas, and then I'll talk about why I think how this is playing out and how it's off is really distracted, and why Keith being in the driver's seat is is probably the best thing that we could have hoped for. Because I'm I'm supposed to buy the premise that Keith is in the driver's seat. Um, he's getting a lot of credit for things right now. And based on what Benioff's been focused on lately, I believe it. I think I mean it seems like Keith is the number one
1: sales guy at this point.
0: He is. But he's being groomed. I think he's definitely being groomed, and I think that it it's as as much as Benioff's character and charisma is is such a value to Salesforce in terms of their potential valuation, I think, you know, getting Salesforce beyond the veil or 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 to something more realistic, something more profitable, mm-hmm. I think Keith's the guy to do it. I, I, at least that's my, the opinion I'm forming more and more as time moves on. If he keeps selling like he is, they will. That's for sure. So let's talk about the museum before we get into right. that. So uh, Benioff is uh, being a bit of a corporate bully again. <laughs> he, <laughs> this is some, This <laughs> is the point I wanted to make. You are absolutely right and this is proof of it. Chief bully. Sales, not Salesforce, Benioff, believes, and feels he owns San Francisco. Oh, he's the king of San Francisco. Yeah. That's why he's going to he's gonna
1: make sure the tallest building in that city, he's going to build it, and it's going to have his name on it.
0: Yep. And if you want to do business in a city, if you want to do something in a city, you have to go through him. You have to go through him. So I'll, I'll let you explain what the situation is. I don't know that much about it. Uh, here's what I know.
1: George Lucas has been wanting to build a museum for several years, somewhere mm-hmm. in San Francisco, and I guess it's a, is it a Star Wars museum? Is it a is it a Lucas a God
0: museum? What is it? Well, he's done more than Star Wars, but um, I, well, I think it's just a museum he of, the, of the things he's, he's had access to, you okay. know, all the movies and all the things that he's done that people would really love to see and would probably pay good money to go see. So
1: I guess, you know, Benioff tweeted and said, No way! No way! To a Treasure Island Museum of the Film Mogul's collection of Hollywood memorabilia and narrative art Unless he quote does something for sales for schools hospitals and homeless, <laughs> <laughs> that didn't even sound like Mark. I don't know what I don't know who that I, was. I don't know who that was. <laughs> That's it was just not a good someone, impression. That was just someone ranting.
0: Do we get a weigh on on your impression no, of Benioff? No, we
1: don't. Um, he says, "Look, look." A lot of people start out a sentence with that look because they're trying to down. I support you or the museum, but I would just like to see. That if we do deals like the museum, what is he, Donald Trump, now doing deals? If we do deals like the museum, we do deals that support our kids. So yeah, I guess everything with Benioff now is a quid pro quo. If you want, if you want anything from the San, city of San Francisco, number one, you have to go through Benioff, mm-hmm. King Benioff. Yeah, And you have to pay up? Oh yeah, I see you with the project there. Okay, well you know if you want your project, then uh, you know you're gonna have to pay up a little bit. You have to support my, uh, you know, my causes. Can okay. can you put my name
0: on it? Can we call it the Lucas Tower, <laughs> Salesforce Tower? Can we have a little eh, cloud logo know, in there? I kind of like the sound of, uh, you know, uh, Lucas
1: Benioff, Lucas Benioff Tower. <laughs> <laughs> he says, uh, there's a lot of money flowing through San Francisco today, and it would be nice if we saw a percentage of that go into this, the safety net. Which, if there's so much money going to San Francisco, why do they have so many which apparently homeless people? apparently works so well. <laughs> uh, Benioff's stand is interesting considering he was among a host of heavyweights who, this is funny signed a letter urging the Presidio Trust to allow Lucas to build his museum near Chrissy Field a couple of years back. This And this is really what it's, This is the piece de resistance here. And in fact, Lucas has done his own share of charitable giving, Must only be pledging in 2012 to donate to educational charities the majority, the majority of the $4 billion he made from selling Lucasfilm to Disney. So he's going to give over $2 billion. But that's not enough. It's not good enough, John. No.
0: Nope. It wasn't done under 111. It's not 111. Yeah. Benioff has to approve how you spend that money.
1: <clears throat> so, and on top of that though, Lucas com- has committed 700 million. Okay, so to put that in context, um, and I'm not saying Benioff's not a charitable guy. He is. I, you know, don't take that away from me. He does good things and or pl- pledges money. I mean, I don't know, whatever. Um, But, but like the hospital, that was 200 million? Total th- that was pledged. I think so. I mean, I don't know what tranches the payments come in or you know, whatever, but he pledged two hundred million. Lucas is already putting up seven hundred million to commit to the new museum. That includes a major educational component, teaching kids about digital art.
0: Hmm. Um, so it sounds like he is yeah. doing stuff for for the kids and for the community,
1: and is yeah, well yeah, of course, and it's just creating jobs. Yeah, but if if you don't do it under one one one, then Benef doesn't get credit for it.
0: Uh, again, I I, just, I don't get it. He's he's very distracted by by his politics. This is King Benioff. It's PT. I mean he, know, PT Benioff. He, it, this a is the guy who writes books about himself, John. Uh, a month ago, did he not give Tim Cook a hard time because he wasn't out there? He was too busy worrying about the government and not doing enough. He was to, telling about, Tim Cook, who happens to be gay, that he's <laughs> not being like
1: was it gay enough or gay <laughs> gay active enough or whatever. What's it called?
0: I don't. Remember, what was this? What was this? It was some law that was that was you know. Apparently going to enable think discrimination was, against. Oh yeah, I don't know. But anyways, not to get into the politics of it. But again, I think Benioff is really distracted by by the charity work that he's doing, by the politics that he's that he's involved in, um, and w- which which is starting to I'm starting to form this opinion that he might not be the right person to continue to lead. Now know. he could stay on as the chairman. He could stay on as you know the 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 champion, the the one doing out there doing the keynotes. But I think whoever's going to make it actually happen, whoever's going to make Salesforce profitable. It's going to be Keith Block. Well, John,
1: I have to give you a preemptive on that because Benioff has already made Salesforce profitable.
0: Um, but who sold those deals that made them profitable?
1: Well, selling deals doesn't necessarily make... it's Being profitable is an overall organizational uh, thing.
0: Well, well, let's, let's be clear. Being profitable is virtual anyways because we're talking about deferred revenue. Salesforce has been cutting costs. But we'll get into that. Anyway. Um and they're about to have to increase costs because now they're 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 having to deal with the issue of NA fourteen and it's gonna accelerate all their plans for upgrading their data centers and making sure they're compliant and uh oh, um, yeah. so they're gonna to have to spend a lot of money. And not to mention I, I think they've been I think they've been uh
1: pinching pennies. Is that the word? Been a little too cheap on some of their data center things. I think so. Which really hurts that uh that trust aspect that benefits right. talks about. But before we leave the museum, I forgot about this. I highlighted a couple of, co- I read the article on. I think it was San Francisco Chronicle or the San Francisco Gate. Is that the Chronicle? That's the gate, right? Or the Chronicle. Anyway, <laughs> some of the comments are good. Uh, so this one guy says, hey, Benioff, every development pays big taxes when they get their bur- building permit. They call it development exactions. They're in fact taxes. Uh, line item exactions for everything you mentioned and then some. Don't forget the add-ons from anything which emanates from the environmental impact report, such as the need for new on and off ramps, blah, 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 blah. Uh, if you want to if you want to, and by the way, George George Lucas is paying the lion's share of all those things, personally. Mm. But if you want to pay more taxes than the city of San Francisco requires, go ahead. That's called charity. But neither Lucas nor anyone else needs to be shamed into charity after his exactions will have gone to pay for all the other stuff. He is the boy, shamer in chief. Yeah. who I'm trying to think it was who coined that term. I remember when uh, our,
0: that and the that the was when he bully. was ca- when
1: he was calling up CEOs and saying, "Hey, uh, you know, I need you to do my one-on-one thing. If not, I'm gonna I'm gonna call the news media and I'm gonna report you."
0: Again, the term "corporate bully" is being applied to him again. Here's another one, and they're linking back to it to those original articles that called him that. Another one here. So, well, since we are sniping
1: at rich people who are philanthropists, how about showing a little humility when donating, Mister Benioff? I'm talking specifically about the need to need uh, the need rich people seem to have to attach their names to things. I will not be calling the San Francisco Children's Hospital the Benioff Children's Hospital, nor, nor will I be calling General Hospital the Zuckerberg General Hospital anytime soon. Isn't the warm and fuzzy feeling you get from
0: giving enough? It should be. It should be about giving because you have the ability to. Yeah. And, and you were able to make that decision yourself. That's the other component of this. You had the means and you were able to decide for yourself who benefited from, from that.
1: Yeah, we're just we're just being haters, John. I guess he's out there doing all these good things, and all we can do is criticize him. I know, <laughs> but we're poor. What can we do?
0: <laughs> we pay hey, to do a, a podcast show. Yeah, That's exactly. We're <laughs> podcasters. What do you, you, you <laughs>
1: expect? Um. All right. So, was your was the museum? Was that a lead off and lead into? Um, I think financials? so because I, I you know, okay. some of the
0: financials in terms of some of the bigger deals that they've been talking about that have kind of pushed Salesforce into that realm of, I guess, profitability, we'll call yeah. it. <laughs> I guess. That's what that is, what it's called. Is it? There's there's less red ink this time. Yeah, there's less red ink. Okay.
1: Now, but you know, with, uh, the past week there were all these hints that softening expectations. I, I think it's because, you know, this last quarter Salesforce had, which is their Q4 of 2016, which is not confusing at all.
0: I think it was all orchestrated. Uh, anyway,
1: but that was that was a killer quarter in terms of just then the deals they signed, right? The revenue increase and everything. And I think they were a little concerned that people are expecting that every quarter, and I don't, you know, I don't think this was one of those quarters. But, um, it was pretty good, man. Um, revenue overall, so year over year. So this was Q1 of their 2017 fiscal year, which started in February. Again, not confusing at all. Thanks, Salesforce. Um. Twenty-seven percent year-over-year revenues. Um, tw- subscript. This is interesting. Subscription revenues were up twenty-six percent. Professional services revenues were up thirty-three percent. They went from one hundred five million in Q four of last year to the sorry Q one of last year, Q one of this year, one hundred forty-one million. So they up a lot. That's interesting. Hmm. I always, I always look at that. I like looking at that professional services number. And I don't think they make. In fact, they they break out how much they don't make any money on professional services. But and I,
0: th- I think they still have to supplement that heavily with partners. Oh,
1: absolutely right. But the question is, yeah, and, and right now there's there's so much Salesforce work out there that Salesforce. I mean, that's probably
0: they probably can't do more than 140 million. I mean, that's that's probably maxing them out. I, I mean, for them, some customers are going to expect them to to offer professional services, so it's more of a necessary evil. I don't think they want to be in the professional services business, but there's going to be bigger clients that expect them to service them directly. And that's what they're there for. Yeah. Um, their
1: gross profit um is, let's see. It's it was it's also up 25%. So revenues it's interesting. Revenue was up twenty seven percent. Gross profit was only up twenty six percent. Um but that's, you know, that's interesting. That's the gross profit they don't count for example um r and d selling all that stuff does not count it in you know that's that doesn't come out of gross profit gross profit is basically the cost of running the data centers and support but that was you know it, they have a one well, factor their gross profit margin 35 uh, 35% last year it was 34% the same quarter so because for a while they were having uh, what was it Q3 and Q4 of last year they were having their gross profits were actually shrinking a little bit. So they, it's actually seems to be uptrend a little bit again. Um, R&D was up 17%. So their R&D costs aren't going up near as much as their revenue is. So that's a good sign. Is well, that a good sign?
0: Considering de- what happened?
1: It depends on if you think they need to be profitable or if you think they need more R&D. I mean, until I until I get namespaces in Apex, I want that R and D as high as I can get it. I mean, how many millions does it take to get namespaces in Apex? They're they're
0: still trying to lightening all the things, and oh, it's it's painful. It's a painful process. Well, hey, you know, so the fact that they've spent less on R and D, and unless they have something really big to announce at Dreamforce, I'm skeptical. Yeah, they don't. I mean, that, Salesforce
1: is not created for, um, for developers. And I, when I say developers, I mean I mean you know software engineers, people who build enterprise applications.
0: That's just not who it's for. But I am not even talking about that. I am talking about basic features of Salesforce. Well, not basic, but native features of Salesforce that we traditionally have in Classic that we don't have in in Lightning. Oh, oh, okay. I am um, also talking about application features. the performance of Lightning, which is not Lightning. It is not lightning fast. Well,
1: neither is the performance of classic. Neither is the performance of any of the part of the developer experience as slow as molasses in February.
0: Well, don't you think that's where R and D needs to come in and find yes, some ways to I do. improve performance? They just—they
1: don't—they just do not. It's—I don't think it's on their radar. I don't. I don't think they care. Mm. It's working, John. They're able to sell. They're able to increase their revenues by twenty seven percent year over year without fixing any of this stuff. So it's working. Until the market starts penalizing them and saying, you know what? No, we're not going to buy Salesforce because we heard your developer experience sucks. Until they start hearing that, they're going to keep doing what they're doing.
0: It works. That doesn't make sense, Jeremy. That's a capitalist attitude. <laughs> That's not Benny. I know, off. you're right. It's not a stakeholder
1: attitude, is it? No. I know. I'm a stakeholder. <laughs> um, marketing and sales. <clears throat> Up. 21%. This is also a good sign. Revenues are yeah. growing faster than marketing and sales. That's the number I always like to look at. Like, yeah, because that's a big chunk. Well, that's been there. that's been a huge problem for them. It just it costs too much to sell Salesforce. And it, again, I mean, it, sure, when you're a startup company, right, one of these unicorns right. or whatever Mark likes to call them, you, you know, you're going to have, you're, you're going to be all sales and marketing and some r and D. I I mean, you're just going to, right, at some point, when you're a 17 year old company, has been public for 10 years and, and has reached the top of the eight, list on eight Gartner billion, and eight billion dollars in revenue, and you're on the you know you're in the best part of the quadrant because yeah. you've paid all your fees. Um, you expect <laughs> you expect it to not to be not so
0: hard to sell the service. I I don't know that it is. I just think they I don't know. I struggle with that. I struggle to understand. Why it takes so much to sell it. I, I, well, that, first of I, all... I often see a lot of these world tours and things as vanity projects, but at well, the same time... What do you think Dreamforce? Listen, the king of San Francisco has got to have the biggest party in San I, I Francisco, know. right? That's what I'm saying. I mean, does Dreamforce really have to be as big as it is And to, even, to, to sell what they sell? And even at 1600
1: bucks a ticket, that doesn't even because cost the, that doesn't I, even cover I, the I cost of Dreamforce. I don't sales, know how much Salesforce is
0: actually losing, because from what I understand, all these partners and everything that are bullied into platinum status um, donations, or not donations, but... No, that's basically what it is. Yeah, <laughs> you know, taking over San Francisco and then buying their competitor, Aptus. Right. Um, oh, I know. Wow. You know, how much of this are they actually spending? <laughs> I mean, is all their money going to Foo Fighters and and Metallica? Is that where they're spending their money? Probably, because I think I Partners know. and everyone else is footing the bill for the for you know the the events and the sessions at Dreamforce. It yeah. costs a thousand dollars for a ticket at Dreamforce. And a thousand dollars. Well, that's nothing. A well, thousand plus.
1: It. I guarantee you it costs Salesforce five thousand dollars to have you there. Dreamforce loses money. It's not a money maker. It's a cost. It's a sales and marketing cost.
0: All I know is there's a lot of money being thrown around at those at that event. Oh yeah. Who's making out? Who's winning in that situation? No. San um, Francisco.
1: Depends on who you ask. I mean, overall, it's a city probably. But Uber? You, um, <laughs> probably. Oh, yeah. If, if, I can, I've got credit card receipts to prove that. <laughs> Uber's winning. Yeah. Um, They have 21,000 employees now. That's up 25%. So headcount's growing.
0: Right, 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 do, do we along, have a breakout of the, the male to female percentage? Is it still 70-30? Yeah, the 30? salary
1: and, yeah, I don't know. They'll publish that if they if they want to, if it helps them. Uh, this is another metric I love: uh, revenue per employer per employee. By the way, this is not in their financial stuff to do. This is the homework I did. But I, I, I appreciate all the homework you I did. I still journey. haven't gone through the. You have to go through and read all the, the like the account, like the auditors' yeah. notes, and all that stuff to really. There's some. There's some good stuff, and I haven't been able to do that. I don't have time. I haven't had time. But the revenue employee for the quarter. Was almost ninety one thousand um, dollars. But that's kind of a meaningless number. You have to you have to think in terms of, um, and you have to annualize that. So that comes out to three hundred sixty three thousand dollars per employee, which is actually a pretty good number. Yeah, I mean, there's there's companies that have, of course, they here's the thing that they have high pay, they have expensive employees. I mean, lots of companies have you know in the, in the upper two hundred thousands per employee for revenue that are successful public. Um, profitable companies but you know they don't have 90% of their employees living in the most expensive part of the world or one of the most expensive parts Google does and they hire some really smart people and I'm sure they have to pay those smart
0: people really well and they probably
1: have more than that revenue per employee Um, clouds we'll talk about some clouds sales cloud um, up almost 15% which for that aging old, you know, jalopy, <laughs> not bad. Not it, bad.
0: It, it's it's what got them there. It's the cloud that
1: got them it there. It is, and, and that's the one that we, I, I could have sworn, and you know, I, 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 maybe it's not remembering this right, but, you know, we were thinking that's the one that increases. It's down to like 20, 10% a year increase, not not real big. But, and again, this is the Q1 year over year, 15% up. Service cloud up 33 I call it 33%. That be generous. Um, Service cloud has been a, a big boom for that's them. That's been the biggest growing one. Yeah, uh, But not the biggest. But think mean, the biggest cloud growth is. Well, I know
0: you're not about to say IoT, so. It doesn't even, it's, <laughs> they don't even, they
1: don't even list it. <clears throat> uh, so we have marketing cloud and it's, uh, you know, respectable 29%. That's,
0: that's actually, good. That's pretty damn good. They need that 29% because they're about to buy another building
1: to call it a tower. You know, one of these days, they should actually make Marketing Cloud part of Salesforce. That would be nice.
0: They will lightning-ify it soon, and then it doesn't matter what it's it's running on. That
1: doesn't mean it's part of Salesforce. It's still on its own planet.
0: Marketing Cloud is one I don't necessarily think has to be extremely tied to it. I mean, it's such its own beast. You sell to people that you don't have in your CRM system? Uh, the integrations yeah. will take care of that.
1: They, they, no, you no, know, there's not integrations. They're not good. I mean, they're, it's all <laughs> weird and manual. Lightning, and now,
0: lightning Connector will take And now, take care and of that now for you. you're like, what do we,
1: do we have bi directional integrations? And then those are across transaction boundary. You don't have, uh, that's not the right term. That's not the way to say it. There are no, there are no, um, like two phase commit, like XA transactions here. So you're not even guaranteed, there's no guarantee that you're even going to maintain integrity across this bidirectional sync so well, now, he, now
0: you're gonna have conflicts here's the thing Jeremy I bet all those people on NA14 could probably still access their marketing <laughs> tools why do you they think they can that? still market I don't know because that's on a separate system yeah it's it's not even on in there, that instance that data center
1: are you ready for the Hang on.
0: the world is shifting oh, to hybrid man. multi-clouds that's the new thing okay get with it are you ready for the drumroll? cloud winner biggest growth
1: the App Cloud. Say what? Yeah, App Cloud forty five percent year over year.
0: All right, let's talk about App Cloud. I find this hard to believe. Is and, it those two point five million developers? No, I that have that have made this possible. Okay, let me.
1: I could look quiz for you. Considering that Sales Cloud in Q one did seven hundred twenty four million dollars. Okay, okay, that's their biggest cloud. Seven hundred twenty million dollars in Q four. What do you think App Cloud did? Uh, let me give you another number Marketing cloud did 185 million
0: are we talking heroku or what are we talking
1: you, you're trying to get a definition out of salesforce of what something is I'd like to know what, what i don't know i don't how know do, how
0: did they quant how did they do this how did they what,
1: come up with a number for app cloud if again i i haven't read the footnotes yet but I don't think they usually say but what we what we were told AppCloud is is basically force.com and heroku
0: Force.com, database.com heroku I mean, probably iots in there I don't think there's any revenues for iot yet well you know but anyway what do you think the revenue is i don't know I didn't have time to read
1: it tell me <laughs> no I'm just saying so what would you think <laughs> i'm asking you you know what would you think how big is the app cloud if
0: it's hard to value because it's it's a mash of all these very is desperate the word technologies it's it's it it's not apples to apples Three hundred and
1: twenty-six million dollars, almost half of the size of a Marketing Cloud. Wow! It's the third what? biggest cloud. What is doing that? Is it Heroku? It's got to be Heroku. I think when Salesforce bought Heroku, that they were they were about a couple hundred million a year. So, considering they've probably grown, That's over good. The past I, five I years.
0: like I like the Heroku system. I, I wish I could do oh, more with it. Yeah. Why don't you? Uh, no appetite, huh? No appetite. You don't have an appetite. Customers don't they get sold on Salesforce they can do anything dream it and you can build it in Salesforce. Why would you need to go out and build something on Heroku? Now I do have clients who are building on it, but they have they have separate I, I know I keep bumping my table um, you know some clients are building actual applications on it but once you go that route where you're building something custom, it's rare that they really utilize a lot of the the hooks and systems and things that you could do like the whole Salesforce Connect. Yeah. They'd rather just work with the API.
1: I mean, usually, you know, depending on the project, I mean, some projects just obviously have, you know, need to be a, you know, a Java app or whatever. And that's, that's going to be a...
0: I I think when you're given the choice and you're, 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 you're a software shop and you're told, okay, here's the options. We can build this entirely on Apex. But here's the limitations. But I think I think you're it's a client facing application. Yeah, but I think
1: you're talking about who's who are you who was making the decision? Who are you talking about? You're either I'm I mean, 90% of the time, you're either talking about a bunch of salespeople and a chief
0: salesperson or a bunch of wealth management people. Like they don't no, no, are, I'm are, not talking about These are about not those guys. sophisticated IT users. I'm not talking about those guys. I'm talking talking about the people who bought Salesforce to manage their sales and marketing and and said, Oh, well, we can build on this too. I'm talking about customers who are building applications and are wanting to tie that into their investment in Salesforce.
1: I mean, what kind of customers do they, are these customers that have like, you know, .net or java, you know,
0: senior engineers and architects and things like that? No, these are these are startups. These are companies okay, who yeah. are And they're not in the technology business. No, but they they've so. hired people to do that. They either Ooh. hired us to do it or oh. they've hired other companies to do it. One one example is a company that yeah, no,
1: they went to Dreamforce, they got a <coughs> bunch of smoke blown up there. And now they hired you to come do what uh, Benioff said that could
0: be done. <laughs> I don't know if this if if this client or clients came from Dreamforce. You have one as well on your plate where you're you're building an application, it's a mobile application, it's 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 end user what not end user but customer consumer facing. Yeah. Consumer facing. Mm-hmm. And your choices are entirely in Salesforce or hybrid other technologies hosted on Heroku or Amazon but Integrated with Salesforce, right?
1: And it's and the question is like, if, if we don't build it on Salesforce, then for all the CRM type things, what do we do? Do we do we build those, or do we just do we do we keep that part in Salesforce and then have an integration between a real app server with a real database and everything?
0: But um, I mean, if and, you think about the architecture pragmatically, I mean, do you really tie your your future of your company entirely on Salesforce? Or do you build this out so that it's it's more of an integration point, and you have the option of, of decoupling? Well, of course, and that that's the whole that's the whole lock in question. So maybe do that's you, where that $300 comes from. I mean, do from. you do you spend you know
1: seven hundred, eight hundred, nine hundred thousand dollars building a bunch of code in Apex? I, I mean, it's if not my it's not my money, but
0: if you're asking my opinion, I mean, if you're financial force, you are you do if you're Look cool. Those are different though because, and, and because none of no,
1: no one chooses force.com because it's a good technology. They choose it because they're accessing a marketplace and they just they they deal with the technology. Um they tolerate it, because you have to. I mean, financial force, service max. Sage. Um they did too. Yeah. No, I mean I, that's just my opinion. Because they don't admit that. But sure, you're accessing this. I mean, there are, well, NA14 went down. That was 2% of Salesforce's customers, which was 10,000 companies. So do the math. They have 500,000 companies running Salesforce who have bought into this thing of uh, just, this is your one-stop shop, right? That's what the AppExchange, that's what they told us 10 years ago.
0: But it's a great message. It's it's a great. I agree. It's a great selling point. And there's a lot of they good. They should at, be immensely profitable. And, who? Salesforce. Well, that, I mean, how, that gets, how easy is that to sell? To say, hey, you could do, you, yeah, you're buying the CRM product, but you can fix all this other crap you have going on in Excel spreadsheets and, and all that kind of stuff. Just stick it into well, the system. It,
1: it, no, it's expensive to build. It's expensive to grow it out. It's expensive if you insist on having everything in San Francisco where, yeah, you know, real estate prices <laughs> are what they are Employ, you know, lay, just, you're, Human cap, your human resources, are what they are.
0: <laughs> but is it? Is it what? Is it is what it is? Huh? Is it is what it is? It is. It is what it, it is, is. What, what it is. is? Yes. That's hard to say. Yeah. People rhetorical. are not resources. No, oh, sorry.
1: Um. Let's see. What else is interesting? Okay. Uh, my one of my favorite stock based expenses for Q1 uh 189 million dollars generated out of
0: air virtual
1: monopoly money so basically still they're at the point of like 10% of their revenues are stock stock based compensation 189 million in Q1 and that's up Thirty-two percent, so that's actually growing faster than any of their revenues are. Hmm. Maybe we have it wrong. Their business model, but but <laughs> that, they're not selling software; listen, they're selling stock. Listen, the growth in that stock-based expense, which is one of the big criticisms about Salesforce, they're essentially funding ten percent of the revenue, right, from their investors. Yeah, who who don't have a say in the matter. Oh, they can sell the stock, but I mean, you're dilute—that's dilution, right? Right. Um, that was notwithstanding, and on a gap basis, which counts that as an expense, they were profitable to the tune of six cents a share. That's their uh, EPS, six cents. So they're now last quarter they I think they hit one percent, but that included like they got some money back from a lease they canceled or something. They got some money mm-hmm. back from that, which actually put them popped them yeah, over. They weren't they into going to the build black. some
0: kind of campus and they
1: that was something different yeah that they that still was, own that
0: land or something
1: i don't know if they own that or i don't think they do but so yeah um so their you know salesforce was slightly profitable i mean their their gross profit margin is increasing their sales and marketing and just sga in general sga is not growing as fast as revenues are so that's good uh, their human resources are growing pretty fast, so. But, I mean, overall, they are slowly shaving enough costs that they're they're not losing money, and they're on it, it's they're about. On track it's a, for, I mean, they've broken they broke even. I mean, they uh, and then some. I mean, it's a two billion
0: quarter, right? So they're still on track for eight billion, right?
1: They are on track. They I think they yeah they may they adjusted the guidance a little bit, but it's right around eight billion. They did yeah almost two billion this quarter. So I think, you know, I'm guessing next quarter you'll see it'll be above two billion. Keep, keep. Well, actually, there's three more quarters in their fiscal year. So, yeah, they'll be. I mean, again, they they beat and raised, beat and raised. They, I think this was like twenty eight quarters in a row. They beat and raised. Yeah. So they set the expectation right with Wall Street and Wall Street analysts do all their, they're
0: looking at the numbers and they 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 set the bar low. They don't set it low. They just. They oh, set come it, on. How the, many articles before no, Wednesday no. or even the morning of Wednesday we're talking about? It might not be that great, guys, but, you know, they'll bounce Listen, back.
1: The thing is, is, the companies give guidance to these analysts. They tell them what to expect. They set the expectations.
0: Now now they, what, and what, now they, they the lie an, to them so that so they can no, come they back and say, look how good this ended up being. I don't I don't think, I wouldn't call it a lie because so, every company set,
1: you don't want to set high expectations. No. You, and you don't, you don't want to always set really low expectations because if you do that over and over, that's called sandbagging
0: and no so, one, so no he, one believes you. Here's where I think that's happening. Wall Street Journal published an article that came out Wednesday morning or actually, yeah, Wednesday, Wednesday sometime. And it was, it was titled Dark Clouds Roll In for Salesforce. You know what that article yeah. is called today? What? That same link. Clouds part yet again for Salesforce. The same link, huh? Mm-hmm. Did it did it have a note that they changed the title and changed the story? Not that I oh, saw. Wow, and yes. I, I think the story did change because now it was all of, it was. It I think they modified the story because it started out with all the kind of things that could be bringing them down, and then it got really positive about. Well, but they always bounce back. They always find a way to kind of bounce back from these drops and everything, and look at the trends and how it bounces back. And then even. Um, uh, some other company even parroted or not parroted, but you know republished that article Hmm. syndicated it, syndicated it
1: yeah the so I mean I guess so it was again a good quarter i mean they're again their revenue growth twenty seven percent not you know nothing to sneeze at
0: no, I mean it sounds like a great quarter i mean it's it, the numbers are moving in the right direction,
1: John, it was an amazing quarter it's amazing. Best quarter ever of a software company. Enterprise software. You know what we need? We need Metallica and a party. I know. Let's make that happen. (laughs) Maybe we can get the... Can't get Foo Fighters they they What was the Salesforce band with Shell and those guys? The Clouds? And Ryan. Shell and Ryan. And whoever else. I think it's The
0: Clouds. Is that what it is? The Clouds? I
1: don't know. Maybe they'll cater a private party for us. Or not cater, but but entertain it. Yeah. Um so there's one thing that I thought was kind of interesting um that I think is on one hand negative but on the other hand it's got its opportunity. And that's you know they've one of the big upsides for Salesforce a big potential is they're very strong in the United States but they haven't yet had a lot of growth mm. um yeah overseas. And I was like I was just comparing like the rev the ge- the revenue geographically broken down from last year to this year. Um Americas is up 26.7%. Europe is up 26.5% and APAC is up 27.8%. So they're all growing at about the same speed. But considering that the Americas are so ahead and considering, remember how Benioff did the European tour, spent like a month over there, whatever Mm -hmm. that was and everything? Like you'd expect those to be growing percentage wise at
0: a much higher rate. You know, there's, there's some kind of world tour going on right now. I don't, how many tours do they have going on at one time? I don't know. It's it's like this ongoing tour. They tour more than Metallica does.
1: <laughs> so here's here's something else that I wanted to ask you about cuz I'm not an expert on these things. I mean I, you know, I did say to Holiday Inn Express last night but no oh, yeah. Well. Um they the number of outstanding shares they have so it's like 677 million. Okay. I guess this is a year ago. They had 653 million. If you do the math, you'd subtract those so then you have the number of shares created, whatever that is, multiplied times their current stock price. It's one point nine billion dollars. So literally in the past year, by creating new shares out of whole cloth, they have generated one point nine billion dollars. Hmm. But I think that's more than. I think that's more than just the stock-based compensation. I think there's other things going on in there. I don't know if that's like some treasury shares or what that is, but. Those, those new shares represent two bil- almost two billion dollars that were created. Wow! But because it doesn't add up to their, you know, the stock based compensation. What was that? One hundred ninety million. And if you, if that's that's less than that's under a billion a year. So I'm not sure where the one point nine. I don't know where those other shares are going. I guess is what I'm saying.
0: Yeah. Well, they seem. Pretty oh, I forgot. Sa- ben- they're going to Benioff's account. <laughs> <laughs> they seem pretty savvy at manipulating that market. And, and in fact, well isn't that some of the concerns that they were they were saying whenever no, they were you know what, predicting it, it, a slower quarter you know a what, okay, here's this is what they manipulate.
1: and I don't know if there's anything even wrong with this. I th- I th- honestly I think this is this is their prerogative and I'll, I'm not even sure it's wrong in any way. they have all these different buckets of revenue so like there's revenue that they can recognize mm-hmm. right that's because they they're a service based company. so even if you sell a one- year deal, if it's a service you have to perform over the next year, based on accounting rules you can't really recognize the revenue until you've delivered the service. Right. So you deliver a month of service and then you can recognize a month of that revenue. Because you might have already gotten paid. Let's say you got to a 1000 bucks or 1200 bucks, for easy math. Right. $1,200 upfront, you, But you can only, rec, you know, in January, you can recognize $100 of that. Mm-hmm. After February, you can, you know, if you deliver the service, you can recognize 100, another $100. Right. So when they talk about deferred revenue, this is revenue that they've invoiced and probably a customer has paid. Right. But they, And so they have the cash. Right? Which is that's something that's another thing we don't really we haven't really talked about much, is they're just the operational cash flow has been, you know, like they had generally like a billion dollars of, of cash flow, of operational cash flow. And they did have some capital expenditures, so free cash flow was probably eight hundred seven or eight hundred million, I think. Um so they have great cash flow because people customers are paying these invoices. But most of that's deferred revenue. It actually doesn't count as revenue yet, right? So right. they've got this deferred revenue. That now that number does hit um, that shows up in their in their financial reports and everything. But then there's this thing called unbilled deferred revenue. So what that what that is is let's say you sign a contract with Salesforce and they really give you a great deal and strong arm you or whatever <laughs> hookers and blow, stakes and hookers, yeah. whatever 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 combo you want, um, whichever menu option you pick, um, that you sign up for the three year deal with Salesforce. They're going, to, they're going to bill you. You're going to get an invoice for, you're going to sign a three-year contract, but they're only going to invoice you for one year up front. And they're going to let you pay the one year. And then after that one year's over, then they're going to invoice you for year two, right? Right. So since they only invoice you for year one, years two and three are what's called unbilled, unbilled deferred revenue, right? Now, this is something that's not gap compliant or anything else. It's it's really, you know, Salesforce like to say that they're non-cancelable contracts, which is why they do mention them in footnotes and in the, in the, Textual regions of their of the reports they like to talk about that and it is important I mean because they have like eight billion dollars in unbilled deferred revenue and most of that's going to turn into invoices that get paid so it's it right. is an important number I mean it's it's a good metric. it's a healthy number it's healthy and it's just important if you want to know if you're an investor and you right. want to understand Salesforce's growth that's a good number to understand right. the, the, where the wiggle room here is that the I, and I think this is why Salesforce can so con- ridiculously like uncannily beat and raise beat and raise back like a couple cents mm-hmm. every single time it's because when they need to they can just move some from that unbilled deferred revenue into deferred revenue right um, I mean and it, and it may be they might not even need it on some quarters they might push some back like hey you know we're not I know we're supposed to invoice you this month but we're going to invoice you next month because we're actually good this quarter We had, you know <laughs> what I mean we already beat and we don't want to overbeat right eh, take your time you don't want to overbeat
0: you <laughs> You're on a net 60 this month. Yeah, exactly. Or don't worry year?
1: about it. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll settle up later. That's <laughs> your check. Yeah, here We're friends. Yeah. You know, don't worry about it.
0: We're good. We got a, we got billions <laughs> in the bank. We're good. Um, Do you want to meet Yashiki? He's right down, <laughs> yeah, the, down, exactly. the, down, the, down the road here. Let's, let's go say hi to Yashiki. Uh, put
1: a, the and checkbook a, away. In a quarter when they need a little bit of help, they can say, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and we, we need to invoice another 100 million or so and they just pull it from unbilled deferred revenue to deferred revenue, which is which is on the books. It's beautiful. I don't know who invented <laughs> this method of accounting, but this whole this whole software as a service thing, the accounting is beautiful. It's a CFO's dream. What's the, Who's their CFO? Norton or whatever? He's got the easiest job in the world. <laughs> I mean, you know, he's got people that do the spreadsheets and all that stuff for him. I mean, he's just like, eh, just drag some of this over here, and I'm going to go have some scotch, mad men style, you know, don't bother me.
0: Go <laughs> <laughs> hang out the lambs with your Shiki. <laughs> uh,
1: no, man, they're, you know, I've definitely been one to criticize their, um, their use of stock based compensation and the way they play with these numbers. But the, the fact right now is that they are, their growth has not slowed the way some thought. I mean, and again, they they can't you can't keep up twenty seven percent year over year growth forever. I mean, they're right. they're almost a ten billion dollar <laughs> company. I mean, it's going to slow down to the lower twenties, right? <laughs> but I mean, who knows what else they're gonna get into? I mean, they're you know, they've got this massive AI push, mm-hmm. they've got a massive IoT push. Yeah,
0: where that's gonna go? I have no idea. I don't think they have any idea. But the point is, they're out there trying. Is
1: this going to result in a they're not l-
0: resting on sales cloud? They're not resting right. on service like, like cloud. Like two they're, years from now, is IoT
1: going to be a fifty million dollar business, or is it going to be a or a you know three billion dollar business? Who knows? I, I don't know because I don't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying <laughs> I'm just to laying it out there. <laughs> I'm trying to. <clears throat> um, but they, you know, maybe they, maybe two years from now, they will still be chugging along at twenty five percent growth year over year. We should have freaking bought when it dipped. It, what did it hit like fifty something? I know. I thought that. Oh my too. god! I think it got to the high forties. Uh, Damn it! No, no. But you know what? It's a good thing I didn't buy because it would have, they would have tanked,
0: and then we wouldn't have jobs. <laughs> and that's the whole point. That's so the whole point. You're of, welcome. That's the whole point of being conscious <laughs> of the financials. That's the whole point of kind of taking the time to review it. I mean, this is our careers. This is what we. This is how we feed our families. You know, it's good to know if you know. Do well, we invest another yeah. year of time in Salesforce right. or are they about to sell out to Oracle and then, you know, who knows what's gonna happen? Yeah. Or Microsoft. You know,
1: being party thrower in chief has been working for Mark Benioff since he was like twenty two years old and went to work for Oracle. <laughs> I mean, he became a millionaire at like what, twenty seven or something? Wow. So who am I to who am I to argue with that? Yeah. Apparently, turns out people really like going to parties and they'll sign all kinds of deals. <laughs> That's
0: you know that's what's wrong with
1: our sales process, Jeremy. We don't throw enough parties. But it, it, uh, dude, I mean it's such a huge. This is why like these salespeople who just know how to do this. They know yeah. how to work the system, to find the right people,
0: work the people. I mean it's that's why they get paid the big bucks. All right, if you if you if you're listening, and you're really good at selling stuff, but you can't do anything. Just give us a call. We'll do it. Because <laughs> we're not good salesmen no. at all. I'm horrible. horrible. You know I started out in sales, computer sales. I, was I did horrible at it. I used to do to sales too. I was horrible at it. Selling desktop computers as servers. Yeah, that was me. I was that guy.
1: All right, so let's crack up on our, I've got a, our final. Can, can I take a, a, at the beer of the night. Can I take do a we need break? Pause? Yeah. All right, let me, yeah, um, yeah, you can take a break. All right, To right. the magic of time and space, we are back. And we have a new beverage. Wow, magic is awesome. This is Bible Belt and I've had this in my beer cellar for a couple of years now but it's a collaboration between Prairie Artisan and Evil Twin. You can look at the read read what the label says. A, the, it's like a description of it.
0: The the a, a collaboration with? Okay. Is that what it says? But it also says what's in the beer like what the beer is somewhere. Talks
1: about what's in it.
0: Imperial Stout aged on coffee, vanilla, chilies, Cacao. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, gotta get the cacao. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Is that a good impression? Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> cacao. I don't spike it as like like I you know. do. You're you're too I know, I am. Cacao. Yeah, it sucked. Do you smell it? Hmm? I'm <laughs> just getting you a hard time. So, so <laughs> we have dead silence <laughs> while we're trying to yeah. taste our beer. What Very do you think? Artisan sales. It's really good. It's similar. I, I, to, I get the chocolate. I get the, I get the coffee. I mean, it's 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 hard to explain. But I, it's like don't tell really, me you don't get the chilies. I don't. Not on oh. that first sip. Okay, to go again. It's the nose. It's the nose. What's doing it to me? I get so much chocolate on the nose. Really? Mm. If
1: you don't get heat from chili, no. I don't know what to tell you. I get it. I okay. get that
0: kind of peppery. Yep. Yeah.
1: <clears throat> now, have you had the bomb from Prairie? Yeah. Okay. So that's a similar bomb. It's um, or similar beer. It's a imperial stout, I guess. It's got, I know it's got coffee and chilies. I'm not sure if it has chocolate or vanilla, but it's also just a delicious you know, nectar of the gods type of thing. But this is pretty ridiculous. That's a, that's like a dessert right there. It is. Well, that's why we saved it for last. Yeah. Evil Twin. They are, uh, yeah, they're Danish. Some great Danish breweries. McKellar, Evil Twin. Um, Who's the other one? Uh, Gosh darn it. I love McKellar. They've got a, well, we went to their bar in San Francisco. I didn't even know they had bars. Yeah, that was nice. Remember that? And that was, that was a great environment. That was fun. <laughs> and that was in the Tenderloin. Yeah. I was like, oh, that was such an, everyone was so nice and it well, was such a great area. <laughs> it, was, it was daytime. <laughs> <laughs> That's true.
0: <clears throat> um, oh, too, now, uh, now, now, the okay. bar that, well, was it a bar? No, it was just a pool hall. It wasn't even a bar. It was a pool hall that Sean took us to. Now, that was a little bit shady. And, um, I, and, I, and I hope we get to go again. Oh, so there's this there's <laughs> this
1: brewery, and I don't even know, I have no idea how to say this. Darn it. It's another Danish. This is one I just couldn't think of. I'm just going to say Toal. I don't know how, you, it's the T-O and the O with the slash to it and then an L. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyway, they're great. They're actually related to the the McKellar guys. One one of them was like a the professor of one of the other ones and university there. And they brewed beer together, but they're, and they're both, they, I think they do collaborations together and they're, they're still friendly and all that, but great beers. All right. So where were we? We are doing, okay. We got to do the, the outage, right? There, there's actually a couple aspects to this. There's a whole, there's the communication aspect, which I have notes on, but I have not. I don't have. You were defending their communication. I was the one that said it could have been better. It's, um, it's a multifaceted thing. It's, it's not a cut or dry thing. I've got, I think there's things they did well, and I think there's things they do well. But in this particular instance, I think it highlighted some issues, but I don't have all my facts together yet, and I haven't fully formed my thoughts. So, and we don't have time to get that anyway. So I actually want to save that, at least for me. Mm. I'm going to save my opinions on that until like maybe next week. But I, w- I do want to go through the le- like the, de- the nuts and bolts of what happened here.
0: Because I so, think it's so. Before we get into that, I'll okay. say that in terms of communication, I think there's a bit of redemption for them in the fact that they had someone who, I guess, and forgive me because I don't know his name, I don't know what his role was, but whoever did that call was technical, he knew stuff. It wasn't Benioff. I No, Bill. I was, Bill something was Bill his something. Name. Yeah. But it wasn't Benioff. And my fear was that Benioff was going to get on there and and do a bunch of spinning and blame a bunch of other people and all oh, we'd no. get is another marketing pitch. You think Benioff would have been on that call? Heck no. I, I didn't know what to expect. I mean no
1: I, one's gonna get him on audio talking about how Salesforce failed and it, lost people's either, data. Either way,
0: the, the, it was the right decision to have someone who's technical, who could speak to it at a technical level to really explain what happened and to be able to answer questions live questions that were being sent to him on, you know, how did this happen? Please explain again how you're going to keep this from happening again. So I, I just wanted to at least express that I felt that was a great way of communicating that and it was it was a big redemption in terms of communication from my perspective. Okay.
1: You know, I, I, it was interesting. In fact, everything I'm about to rehash is essentially what that guy talked about. And they did um, write up a pretty good write-up on it and I was—it was a little weird at first because they, they on in trust they posted when they did the right, what they call it um, a re, reason root cause, cause message <clears throat> a root cause message which yeah. is a did you know about an RCM? <laughs> no, I didn't. Can you get the RCM? Make sure your TPS has the RCM and the cover page, okay? Uh, RCM root cause message. Is that what it was? I guess. Yeah, it was a message about a root cause. I think they just made that up on the fly. <laughs> I hope hope Salesforce doesn't have like an acronym culture like that or initialism, I guess it technically is. Yeah. Um, But yeah, and then they have the document they posted a link on trust and I clicked the link and it took me to Salesforce's URL shortener. You know, like sfdc. whatever that was. And it takes me to the page. Instead of forwarding me right to the the final page, I get this intermediate page and it says, hey, you want to go to this thing you just clicked on? Are you sure? And a big green button and a big red button. And I had to click the green button in order to actually go. But anyway, then it forwarded me to a page on Salesforce's help and support. Hmm. And they put it in there, in help and support. And the first thing I thought was, man, I bet both of these things, the URL short link and the actual final link, they're probably like set up with robots.txt so that nothing can find it, whatever. No. You can put the title in Google and it goes right to Salesforce's help and support. It's fully indexed. They don't have Hmm. the, you know, they don't have it Excluded in the robots file, um, but it's it's pretty lengthy. And I don't know, read it. I guess if you're interested. But I, but the call was interesting. I I and I listened to it. I recorded it. Went back and listened to it. I didn't clip anything because the guy's kind of boring. But I
0: figured we. I wanted to talk through like what yeah, my was, interpretation. Yeah, I was wondering if it was going to be clip And it really wasn't. I, I think the the justice we can do about it is kind of just kind of put it in layman's terms. I guess.
1: Yeah, I guess so. Okay, so what we know is that in A-14, and there was a couple of other instances, right? 11 and 13 or 12 or something. These were all at the at a Washington, Washington State, I believe, data center on the West Coast. And they had a power loss there, right? And what right. we didn't find out until the end of the call was what happened was the power went out. Or... You know, of course, this is a data center. I don't know whose data center it was. It's probably, you know, somewhere where Salesforce leases space inside someone's data center. But all these data centers have multiple, usually multiple power sources or multiple circuits and all that kind of stuff. And these, you super elaborate um, power management things that fail, that they combine power and fail over and all this stuff, right? hmm And for some reason, the circuit breaker failed. So what happens is like if one of the power sources, the power fails, circuit breaker opens completely and then it can then fell over to another power source or whatever. Well, what happened is it didn't it didn't it didn't open. I don't know if they were having some kind of brownout thing or what, but the circuit failed to open. So the automated stuff that would normally kick in, processes and notifications and everything to start shifting to like maybe it would do a what they call a site switch, right? Mm-hmm. None of that happened. So that's kind of like problem number 1. Right. And the, honestly, that wasn't the big problem. No. But, but that's no. what set all this, this other... there was, was a chain of this, events. It's impossibly terrible series of events mm-hmm. <laughs> that would happen later. That's what started this all. But I think a, it's important
0: to understand because it's not... It wasn't any kind of malicious event or lapse in judgment. It was just this we, series of events. I,
1: I think we do have some lapses in judgment here, which I will get to. Okay. But so far, none. Right. right? So the circuit breaker doesn't open. But it re- resulted in like the entire what would have happened if that circuit had just when that power went out, that circuit would have opened and would have failed over to another to another switch to another circuit, right? Right. Well, that didn't happen. So they basically were at a, in a no power. They had no power. They should have had power because it should have failed over to another power source. They had no power, and they probably, after several minutes or however long, looking at this going, hey, well, shit, we're down and we have no power and it's not failing over. What do we do? Well, crap! I don't know. A site switch, right? They they have this down. Like they practice these site switches. So, one thing we learned is that each of Salesforce's sites. So every data, every pod, every data center, whatever. I don't know how they break down necessarily logical versus physical and all that stuff. But there is one failover for a, for every pod. It has a failover, right? Not two, okay. not three, not four. There's one, right? Okay. And if you're in Washington. Your failover is Chicago. So, all three, it was the three three pods, right? Mm -hmm. NA14 and whatever the two other ones. Yeah. Failed over Chicago Mm -hmm. or site switch, right? So, they did all three of those pods, they do a site switch to Chicago, to the Chicago data center, which is a hot standby, right? And this is one of those things where all the activity that's happening in Washington, uh, basically all the database riots and all that stuff, uh, the storage, it's all getting essentially real time synced. To Chicago. Right. So that if you have to do a side switch, it's there. It's I mean, you've got the exact same probably the exact same hardware. It's it's mirrors Washington, right? And it's getting real-time um, synchro- synchronization data. Replication. Re- exactly. Yeah. Replication. And so they start that process to fill that over or to s- side switch. Now the guy, this guy Bill, you know, I don't know what his last name is, but I'll just call him Bill. <laughs> Because I was late to the call, um, oh no, said Mr. this. Bill. This normally takes two hours to do this side switch, and which is interesting. But that's that's an is, that's an issue, right? I would think so, but again, I don't run you know gigantic data centers, so I don't know.
0: I mean, when's the last time Amazon was down for two hours? Um, actually, Microsoft and Amazon both had outages. Well, you,
1: are you, do you I, actually? <laughs> I wasn't even referring to AWS; I was referring to Amazon <clears throat> itself. But Amazon, actually, what was it? A few months ago, I had, had a. I mean, th- listen, and this is. No, I, I I like to remind people like, yes, yeah, Salesforce was down. Um, it's happened before. It happened. Mm-hmm. It will happen again. AWS has been down. It will happen again. Right? I mean, um, do you remember when? Um, who's the big host on the East Coast? I love when I can rhyme like that. The big Rackspace? host on the. Um, no, was it Squarespace? Because I re- I heard guys later. Well, Squarespace isn't a host. No, no, no! But they're in a data center, and oh, okay. they, they they host webs. They host websites, right? Um, but it's when I think it was her- Superstorm
0: Sandy. It w- well, it was. Amp- I think it was AWS. <laughs> you remember, no, it, was- it wasn't.
1: I don't know what. I don't know what data center it was. They were not in AWS, but um, they were in whatever data center they were in. It was. It got flooded. They lost power. And I, you know, I've heard these stories of these um, all these like you know programmers and engineers and stuff. I mean, they're working in this data center, they they went to the data they. You know, some of the guys have probably never been to the data center they go to the data center and they're literally like carrying jugs of diesel engine up to the up to the roof to pour in and keep the generators running it's just insane wow. story yeah. yeah um, to keep to keep Squarespace online wow there's actually a really there's some really cool stories behind that but that's like I don't think like? I heard
0: that story I mean I think I think I heard either Amazon or AWS during that time actually went out in that region but I don't know yeah but that's that's a far more interesting story is the fact that they're carrying diesel to that thing.
1: Oh yeah, I mean this, you know, I mean, listen, the, there are, you know, this is this is hard. This is very hard. Yeah. Um. There are eight million things that can go wrong, and if one of them goes wrong, you're hosed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like um, what is um, not that I like to quote Obama a lot, but isn't he the one that says that you know the terrorists only have to be right once. We have to be right every time. Yeah. I and mean, this is kind of like that, right? You have to be right on every single thing. If you're wrong once, then you either have an outage or you've got data loss or something. So, the fact that they get it right so much—I mean, I'm—I'm I'm not one to necessarily be critical of Salesforce because, again, really, your IT department is going to do better can I have a better uptime record. <laughs> I mean, maybe they are. I mean, there are there are, you know, I will say, but I, mean, I mean, mean, like banks, banks, yeah. and all these East Coast financial institutions—they yeah. do do better,
0: right? but they but they they've had their outages too, um uh, who was it recently uh how' supposed the be brokers
1: <laughs> those brokers
0: brokers bank or something I don't know there's some bank recently in fact, it came up in in some of my research for for some of this, and um they were down for a while. I mean no one could log in, no one could process transactions i mean it it, it happens, I guess um. Uh, there, what I what we have
1: just dis- what we have learned, though, is that there are chinks in Salesforce's armor here. There and then, and you know, no doubt they are. There already have been, and will continue to be. There, these meetings where they're bringing in all their vendors and all their top people and all their best engineers, and they're sitting around a massive conference room table with uh, video conferencing and everything. And they're they're hashing this out. Yeah. Right. and they're coming up with new plans and they, they've they already talked about what they're planning to do To we'll talk about that in a minute but what, what they're gonna do to uh, you know improve this anyway back to site switching to Chicago this process normally takes two hours to your point I have no idea why it takes so long it sh- seems like one of those things that it should be almost inst- instant you would hope so and he's when he said it takes two hours I don't really know what he meant by that I mean I don't know if he meant that in a well there's because they practice the, he said they practice these failovers all the time these are they sorry these site switches and you just don't
0: you don't even know what happens but it's so, not a, it's not a dns routing issue or anything like that it is, is it? they do it and they do it via dns i know but i mean that takes time to propagate is that the 2 hours no
1: because on dns you can set your
0: ttl's That's true so if you want to be
1: able to switch dns every 30 minutes you just set your yeah you, you can you have control over that
0: yeah i mean i mean the, the- hey,
1: if <laughs> if you run your own infrastructure <laughs> you have control over that if you're just buying a saas service then you what you don't have control over
0: that. Which could be a concern if, if they're doing more, AD, well, more it, ADBS. And, and it depends.
1: If it, it, this all gets back to, okay, if you think you can do it better, then okay, you can have control over
0: that. Absolutely. <laughs> but you might find out that you fall flat on your face. <laughs> do, do you really want to be that guy that's having to answer the phone call that says, why is this down?
1: No, I don't want to be. Yeah. All right, so they bring an A14 and these others... Back up, back online, and from Chicago. That was at seven thirty nine. I'm not sure when this whole thing started. When, well, like, when the actual so there was an immediate outage, right? That's was, when Washington
0: went down. Uh, they had the times. I think it was like two thirty a.m. <clears throat> when the outage happened, and then it was like from two thirty to six thirty a.m. when they were trying to get the switch going, and that's when the failure happened at some point. What was that? Is that outside? I didn't hear anything.
1: Okay, maybe it was me. What'd you hear? I <laughs> don't. Some kind of. I don't know. Anyway. Um. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure about your times. I know he said NA14 came back up at 7:39 p.m. That's that's when they switched it. That's when that that right. That
0: was the side switch. That was the side switch. Right. So then they're back up, and everyone's like, okay. Oh, thank. Salesforce back so up. Right? I, I think the power failure happened somewhere around two or three a.m. And they at some point it was middle I start, of the I night. I, you're jumping way ahead. The middle of the night was. This is when it all
1: started. That was the power failure. This no, the side switch was bef- during was was like in the early evening, like West Coast You're style. right. The power that failure didn't happened. didn't take that long. That side the side switch th- didn't take that long. The side switch was back up and running at 7.39 p.m. It was, yeah, right. Okay, okay. continue on. Cause and you're, now you're they're right. running. They're running. They're right? yeah. in business. But then, so then, and this is the three pods, NA14 and the two others. Only NA14 starts having performance degradations. Okay, This starts at 5.41 a.m., so they run for from 7.39 p.m. to 5.41 a.m., and then they start, their pages start going off, right? <laughs> Performance degra- degradations. By 6.30, less than an hour later, 6.30 a.m., they realize that they, they it's basically service di- disruption. It's down. DNA 14 is now down again, right? And the reason it was down is because their database cluster failed, right? They have a storage array, and it failed, Okay. Um, it's funny. He talked, and then he says they they engage their quote external database vendor. But then, <laughs> but then, and later on the call, he's you know mentions Oracle several times. You can't not mention Oracle. I mean, it's just it's obviously it's Oracle. Everybody knows that, and you can't talk about Data Guard or any of this other stuff without it's these are all Oracle trademarks. You know, it's, right? <laughs> but you can tell they've been told. He was told. <laughs> hey try not to mention Oracle. Right. <laughs> um. But yeah, at this point, it's the external database vendor. And when the cluster failed, in the process of that, f- files got corrupted. I don't know if they were transaction files, replay log files, but the, the data I mean the database files. there was corruption occurred when the storage array failed.
0: Yeah, because the, I think the, the transaction, the load on the network became an issue, and so the system started timing out, so they were losing, they were losing data because of that. There was no redundancy there. Okay.
1: And this gets complicated. So if you don't care about this, you probably should just you know, forward on to the next podcast. <laughs> but on I think on all Salesforce's pods, um but there's basically real time block sync block syncing happening. So when storage is written to, there's just basically real time it's on a on a block by block basis, it's copying that and you basically have a real time mirror mm-hmm. of that database. So, John, oh, let, me, um, let me ask yeah. you this. What happens when you that's <laughs> when you have one backup of your system and you
0: corrupt your files
1: and your yeah. backup runs? Mm. Okay, now you have a corrupted backup. backup. Right, You just Ex- destroyed that's your good what backup. Happened. Yeah, that's
0: what happened. Is that the sync process that mirrored it kicked on but, while that database was in a corrupted state and it corrupted the backup.
1: But this is all within Chicago. Right. So, we have Salesforce. We have NA14 running in Chicago, right? And we have a live block sync copy of the database in Chicago. Right. But now they're both corrupt. Right. Right. And th- so that was your first, that was your first level of backup is that copy. hmm The block sync. Now it's, it's hosed. Yep. All right. So they're, this is interesting. Their standard operating procedure is to, when they site switch, so they site switch from Washington to Chicago. Standard operating procedure, and immediately in Washington, you start doing a complete database rebuild. So I'm guessing they go back to transaction logs, replay logs, whatever it is, and they re. And I don't know if it's just just to make sure the database is good or what. So they start this database rebuild process, um, and it takes like a day or, or like I think a day or something. It's you know because you're rebuilding. I think from just transaction one to transaction eighty two billion, you're rebuilding your database. Right. That's not going to happen immediately because the idea is you know. Once you've site switched over to another site, you're gonna be there for a while. So you you should have time, right? right. Washington should have plenty of time to rebuild their database because they're in Chicago, right? It's a hot, it's a hot spare. That's what that's what Chicago was for them. So that you know it's still occurring at the time when NA 14 was is restored in Chicago. But this is also why once they realized a the Chicago storage array failed and its block sync was now corrupted, they're both corrupted they can't site switch back to Washington which is what they know would normally do because it's still rebuilding, right? <clears throat> so again, this is how I learned that basically there's one standby, All right? And if, that sta- if something happens with that standby, you are host, right? You're host. And what are you going to do? <laughs> Cloud, baby. Just letting right. that, I'm just letting that sink but in. But anyway, I know yeah. That's awkward pause there. <laughs> that, that awkward pause was intentional. I was to let that sink in. John, I are are just gonna do? staring in each other's eyes right now. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, whoa! Wow, Ooh, John. <laughs> I mean, well, they? They so they couldn't fix. They try. I think they tried to repair. They had Oracle working with them to try to repair the actual file discrepancy. They were calling it in in Chicago. Couldn't fix it. Uh, let's see. <laughs> they took a copy of the database as it was in Washington and were trying to restore service onto it. Um, but the, the problem with that was the copy they had in Washington was only good up until the point the power failed. Right. Now, it's 6.30 in the morning. We're talking about something that happened 12 hours ago. Right. right. So our most recent good data copy was from 12 hours ago. Because now we're not, you know, again the level, the first backup you go to was that block sync. Well, you immediately corrupted it. In. Right. So now you're going to your next best thing, which in this case, because you site switched, is from 12 hours ago. So, okay, so in order to store service in Washington, they started from the good copy they had in Washington, and they started replaying the log transactions, the good log transactions they had from Chicago. So they shipped. So in the in the short few hours, the NA14 was running when it was running good. Right, right. <clears throat> it was generating uh, replay logs. Right, right. They shipped those back to Washington, and we're replaying that on Washington's last good copy before the power went out. Well, what's the problem with that? Well, there's there's a chunk missing. It there's a chunk missing. But the other problem is it actually it just takes way too long. Yeah. And here's their other problem. It's what seven in the morning now. People are starting to come into work, and that's yep. their that's their big problem, is that peak time is about to hit, and do you keep do you keep replaying all the transactions that happen in Chicago in Washington into the day, the next day, because you have to keep you have to keep NA fourteen down to do that, right? Or do you just say screw it? It's better to lose that data because it was overnight. Like no one uses their computers at night, right? No one does sales at night. No one has IoT events coming in at night. All you people thinking of doing IoT on Salesforce—you don't. You we don't, we don't have any events
0: at <laughs> night, will you? That's on AWS, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know what? <laughs> that came up pretty quickly. That announcement mm, you, timing—you you get a timing
1: for that because that's a really good point. Salesforce has decided to use AWS for IoT. Probably not a bad idea. And in fact, I, I, give sales, I give Salesforce multi-cloud Lulu Dallas multi-cloud. <laughs> Lilu Dallas Multicloud.
0: Lilu Dallas multipass.
1: Um <laughs>
0: cut off by the way. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm having I'm having a hard time keeping my spot in my notes. Um yeah. So okay, so they decide an executive which, who does that mean, Mark Benioff? An executive decision was made to... No, it's not 86, that restore process, the whole thing of shipping the log files from Chicago to Washington, replaying those, stop, it ain't going to happen. But they did, they were able to, like, however long, until the point they decided to stop restoring, they got all that restored.
0: Like, what they could get restored yeah. was there. I, I'll say that I would have made the same call. I mean, I would have looked at it and said, you know what, yeah, that was the middle of the night. More than likely, what's happening are you know transactions running from databases or systems trying to sync. A lot of those are are should be, in and at least in my opinion, already architected to to handle those kind of outages because it's going to go out naturally through you know the three times a year that we get new upgrades and things like that, or or even just patch releases. We know it's going to go down for a bit for maintenance. So we do at least in the arch- in the systems that I architect for integration, there is a component of last time it was successfully run, being able to rerun all those transactions and resync the system, even for near real-time communication. Yeah. So it, it's it was the safer of the two calls, I think. I mean, it depends on how important that data is. Well, they still have that data. So for those customers that... that well, they, might, razor, they might still <laughs> have that data. There's some of it, <laughs> right? But I mean, it's one of those trade-offs. If someone is passionate about how important that data was... Then we can invest the time to to pull it. Maybe Salesforce, doesn't, it. Salesforce
1: certainly doesn't have to. So there's a, there's two questions: Do they have your data somewhere in some transaction log somewhere? And number two, are you an important enough a customer that they're going to commit all these engineering resources to help you get your transactions back? Yes, I, I don't know. I, I you know maybe so. And in fact, I mean, based on the experience I had this week with sales, with Salesforce department, I mean, gives me a good feeling. Maybe they would. I, I, you'd like to think they would. But here's the bottom
0: line: You have bought into SaaS, into cloud, right? Right? Yeah. But I feel like you're making two different points. At one point, you're like, "Are you really going to do better?" But
1: the cloud is kind of BS. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and now, now you're you're, no, you're, you're arguing is, with yourself. You don't control this. You have outsourced
1: this to a to a SaaS service, right? That's true. Because and you, they're going to make you outsourced listen, it because they you, you don't want to have no, that headache. But now, okay, can now now the the SaaS company you've, you've outsourced to. They have to make the decision that's in the best interest of th- all of their customers, not just
0: you. No, that's not true. It you is know true. what happens, which I think we we've gained some new information on this. Your SLA kicks in if you're big enough and important enough that you can lawyer your way into an um, SLA. But SLAs generally just cover
1: uptime, and if you if you have downtime, then what do you get compensated for it? There, right.
0: there are some people who are reporting. Listen, or, if
1: someone has an SLA that says what to do when someone, some engineer has a transaction log in his on his laptop, then I'd like to see that. I'd like to see that contract. We're
0: not talking about transaction log. We're
1: talking about downtime. We're talking about outage. We're talking about. Oh no, 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 Salesforce will write you a check. Yeah, for the downtime. If you have an SLA, that's fine. Yeah, but then, I guarantee there's nothing in that contract that says that if we, if you can prove that we have a transaction log that we're going to get that to you, or we're going to help you get transactions out of it.
0: I don't, I don't think companies care. Well, I'm not going to say they don't care, but what? What matters most to a company is the financial impact that this outage caused. So if they can yeah, be but, compensated but that, for that, that financial that, impact... It's, but but in, in some cases, it's, it's irreparable.
1: It's irreparable. If, if you're a company who does credit card transactions on Salesforce or who, whatever, and you have to you know eat crow in front of your customers, th- there's no amount of money that can fix that. You've suffered an irreputable irre- irre- reputation loss. The only thing that can fix that is getting that data back and getting it back now. True,
0: but if you're at that level, then you're you're probably talking some kind of class action lawsuit that you're going to have to try to pursue. Well, that's a class action is a whole other thing. That's I'm just saying. I mean, if 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 that's the situation, now, now you're the
1: mercy of a class action lawsuit. I'm
0: just saying, if if that's the and position and, you're in, if you're going to say that this this information have, have loss ever that happened a, in the middle of the freaking night is irreparable damage, you're going to have to sue for it. But if you have a contract that said that
1: you don't have any rights to do that, then you're screwed. Your, your lawsuit's going to get thrown <laughs> out the first time a judge lays eyes on it.
0: Well, laws are funny. Contracts are funny. And, and exactly. And people don't... people don't are funny.
1: These people, these CMOs who have no idea what they're doing, <laughs> technology-wise, have signed these contracts and have no idea what they signed on to.
0: Well, most of us don't even know what we signed on to when we, when we agreed to the freaking iPhone iOS update. You are comparing... Agreement. You are comparing a... a <laughs> Run-of-the-mill consumer to
1: someone, people running big businesses who should know better.
0: How many lawyers go to Dreamforce? Probably a lot because there's a lot of hookers. No, well, <laughs> <laughs> it's filled with salespeople, CFOs, admins, developers. We're all getting sold on this according thing. To and Dan we're going to make I'm, it listen, happen.
1: Listen, I'm just, I'm just. This is according to Dan Lyons. I would have no first-hand experience except for those ones that. I uh, stopped by our table and offered us a, a <laughs> discount. <laughs> oh. That was that was interesting. That was I, I can thing. say that, I, that the first time that's happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we looked exceptionally lonely that night or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, okay. <sighs> so yeah, so they did get some in, but they didn't get they didn't get all the data restored. And they ended up getting up to about. There was a remaining three and a half hours. They just decided we don't have time to let these finish. We got to go. We got to turn NA fourteen back live, and they yeah. did right. So you lost three and a half hours. And they they probably just thought, you know, it's in the middle of the night. Most of our customers who have been down, it's probably not that big of a deal. But again, I, I, this I, it's interesting. That's not their decision, right? A lot of companies probably would have decided it's better to actually restore that data than and and, and suffer some more downtime. No. What's? Huh? No. 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 A lot of companies. It would be better for them
0: to have some more known downtime and maybe, to not lose data. Maybe the, the maybe the smaller guys. But I mean, there's some. Com- I mean, people were having to go home early. People were surfing the news. People were freaking creating memes on Twitter. You understand? This. Currently,
1: we're talking about five a.m. in the morning. No,
0: I'm talking about the outage that happened
1: the entire. That was the day, day before. That was the day before. We're talking about you. You.
0: You. I've lost you, but that's okay because this is complicated. I've lost everyone, I'm sure of it. That's okay. Okay, let's go back through the timeline at a high level. It was down, There were, what happened between the time it was down for that, what was it, 24-hour period, 12-hour period, 18-hour period? What was the time?
1: I don't know. It was, 18, it was overnight. I'm talking about hours, business yeah. hours. I'm talking about the oh. time
0: when people were trying to work and could not log in to NA14. They lost an entire day of work. They could not, They could not do any service calls. They could not do any sales. They could I, I I'm assuming they could at least market. That was that was that, the that, that was, was the
1: day before when the, the power outage happened, right? That started all this.
0: They could work in the morning, but then after the morning, they were they were done. Right. That was that was they the, were, that done. was the power outage. Right. right. No, the power outage started it. Right. That's what I'm saying. The site yes. switch happened, they were running. Site
1: switch happened after everyone went home though. And this is all this is all overnight stuff we're talking about now. Okay. Because now we're at about six in the morning, and that's when they're like that's when they made the decision to stop restoring and just turn the service back on. Mm-mm. I, I'm just going by what Bill said. I wrote down all the times. Okay, this is six thirty in the morning. It is very
0: confusing because my my recollection of the timing is very different. Uh, uh,
1: yeah, I could be. I, I don't know.
0: My recollection of, of the amount of day that was lost was that was that block that was lost due to the corruption. Yeah. However, there was a period of time where nobody could do anything for probably yeah. 18 hours, I think. If, if people actually care about facts, they will go read that RCM or whatever
1: MCR or CRM or whatever it was. Go read the thing. <laughs> Let me just continue through this <laughs> so we can get get out of here before it's already dark. Look at that. I all know. right. Um, so on the 11th of May, the service began back in a degraded state. But process. you know, a lot of background processes, sandbox restore or sandbox creation, all that stuff. Backups, data yeah. exports, that's all down for days. Yep. Because I turned out I had I did have I have one client that was on NA fourteen. And I found out they actually didn't I didn't even get they didn't even know until I tried to refresh the sandbox. I'm like, what the heck is going on? And I was like, Oh my god, they're on NA fourteen. I didn't realize. How did they not know? Oh, they knew. They just Oh they just knew that there was nothing that could be done and they I didn't oh, okay. I didn't even get a call about it. Um but so okay, let's let's then us backup. so that, that's the end of the story base I mean it's not the end but because this is all saga continues but I want to back up a little bit so this database failure was caused they say by a bug in their storage array firmware right and that bug was only exposed it was surfaced they said that several times it was surfaced only due to the heavy load they were putting on it because when they site switched over apparently some kind of really heavy load of I don't know what it was getting the database ready or something that's what surfaced the bug. Okay, transactions started timing out while things uh, while things were copying and restoring, and then transactions started getting partially applied on their Oracle database. And what does partially applied mean? Well, that just means apps, there's no such thing as partially applying a transaction. Right. That's a failure. Right. Right. That's so, when that's when everything started getting corrupted, and then they started block syncing those cor- corrupted files. Which started this whole disaster. So,
0: so, going back to that firmware issue, were they talking out of both sides of their mouth with that one?
1: Yes. And I'm going to yeah. get to that.
0: So, the resolution
1: that they talked about, they're doing, because they start, the Bill, who's a nice guy, in a very bad situation, I feel for him. Um, but he says they're going to upgrade to the latest version of the firmware, which the vendor knew. And by the way, they're, they they the vendor, right. I'm pretty sure it's Dell, because Dell, they, they, they bought all the storage technology. And everybody knows that Salesforce, what is it? What was it like five years, eight years ago? When he became big buddies with Dell and they decided, oh, we're going to switch from all the Sun, this this crappy Sun hardware, because Oracle had bought Sun. Yep. There's another interesting detail. So we got to get off of Sun, right? Who makes badass hardware. We're going to Dell. So, dude, you're getting a <laughs> Dell. That guy, that's who's running <laughs> Salesforce now. That's what Salesforce is running on. Um, yeah, so they're upgrading to the latest version of the firmware of their Dell storage hard drives, which Dell knew. I'm using Dell. I'm not sure. It's Dell. I'm going to keep Dell. saying Dell. Well, Dell. Okay. okay, when Jeremy says <laughs> Dell, he's assuming Dell. Yeah, just be it's it not in. concrete yes, yeah. known fact. So it was a known issue, and it I haven't know this. It was communicated by the the their storage vendor to them, but Salesforce declined to upgrade their storage no. arrays. They dec- this, <clears throat> well, this was in. Uh, this wasn't a journalistic content, uh, John. They did on well, the internet. I read this on the internet. They had a good excuse. It wasn't flagged as a critical update. It was not flagged as a critical update. Salesforce made the decision.
0: So you know all those critical updates you've been ignoring on your phone and on your computer. No, I don't ignore those. This could happen. And to all you. it's got on is my data. And I don't ignore those. Those
1: non-critical updates. But I meant. but for them to call it a latent firmware bug when it wasn't a latent firmware bug is. We call that a non-truth. Yeah, <laughs> Not very accurate to call it late. No, it was not late. They knew about the bug. They just didn't think it was a big deal.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So they're going to change their backup process. Uh, they're going to start using a quote WAN something, right? So wide area network, right? Some kind of WAN log shipping or whatever instead of, instead of this block level because it turns out if you're just copying block level stuff, that's at like low level zeros and ones on the hard drive. Those zeros and ones may be good, they may be bad, but this mechanism you're using to copy super low level has no idea if it's good or bad. Right. right? That's why you ship log files, right? Because log files are replayed in, in basically in real time, as soon as they're received. Right. The log files get replayed, usually if you have a like a live standby or whatever. I'm sure Oracle has terms for these things. But they get immediately replayed. And if something is if there's something corrupt about it, it will fail and you'll know about it immediately. I mean the whole Biggest point of this, uh what caused so much of this, there probably wouldn't have been any data loss had Salesforce known that there was an error happening. I think four hours went by after the site switch when there was corruption happening and they didn't know it. Yeah. And these and again their data was being block synced copied over and they didn't this whole time they didn't know they didn't know it was corrupt. But this yeah, they started getting notifications that there was degradations because the firm their their hard drives started crapping themselves. Right. Um, let's see. So yeah. So they actually mentioned Data Guard. They're gonna start doing Data Guard over WAN, which is basically live ship the log files and replay them on your live standby server. Yep. And they said when they get that done, and that's gonna take some time. Well, because because like, because like, <laughs> because like, like, you know what Larry Ellison's saying right now, he's like. Mark, good to hear from you, buddy. (laughs) You know how you didn't want to upgrade to our top-of-the-line service? Well, turns out, it looks like you need it now. And guess what? The price has gone up. Remember that price we offered you a year ago when we offered you the service? Yeah.
0: No. (laughs) It's gone up since then. Well, here's the thing. It sounded like they they were upgrading their data centers. At least the way he presented it, it sounded like this was something that they had been moving towards, but this particular data center had not very been slated. Very
1: vague, very vague on that. He's yeah, it's, it takes it takes a lot of time. And plenty well, and some, some of them started. Have yeah, exactly.
0: There's, yes, there's some out there that aren't on this, but they're gonna be. And well, it's, and now that raises the question of like, who's on the best? Who's on the best sentences?
1: Oh, are you on yeah. NA twenty? Oh, NA twenty eight kicks ass, man. Yeah, you should be on that one. We're awesome. We're golden.
0: <laughs> MVPs. Oh, oh, you don't have data guard? Loser,
1: <laughs> loser. <laughs> oh my God, he doesn't have data guard.
0: Any 14 in the house. <laughs> yeah.
1: So um, there's a the whole communication breakdown thing. There was a lot of questions that came in on that call because they did t- take some questions. And I actually felt like they were honestly like taking all I don't know. Because they took questions that were kind of embarrassing and, and addressed them. Um, but people were asking, you know, there was people were complaining about the communication breakdown. They're like, what's the plan to notify when Salesforce goes down? Here's the problem. It's, it's basically down in the middle of the night. And people didn't know. Well th- listen, this is supposed yeah. to this is we are told this is enterprise software. Yeah. People, John people are building financial force on this thing. Yep. And there's no way for them to get notified if the system goes down. Right. Guess what the answer is? To how do we how can we get notified? How are we supposed to know? What's the answer to
0: that? It, you, was, it was kind of weird. You should
1: have checked trust.
0: Yes. It's your fault. Yes. Well, it was it was weird because he tried to answer it by, well, these type of outages don't normally happen. Usually they're only like an hour time frame, this and that. It was like. It was like, eh, well, this isn't normal for us, you know, just check the trust. And because the other questions were, you know, we we tried to call and get information and we'd call our AE or we'd call support and they were all directing us to the trust. And that that was kind of my complaint. I mean, I know, I know information started to surface on the trust, but my question was, when did it start to surface? Because for the longest time, it was just degradation. It's down. We're working on it.
1: Yeah. You know, and that's the thing. I mean, it reminds me again of building on Salesforce. Like, you know, Salesforce itself, I mean, I'm sure they have world-class monitoring. They have the coolest, you know, they're probably running whatever whatever logging frameworks and system they want. They prob- they've they got New Relic and all kinds of probably custom home-built notification stuff monitoring the, the health of all of these different systems that re- are required to make Salesforce work. And what type of monitoring or notifi- and notifications are available to us as companies and developers building on Salesforce? Basically nothing. Yeah, logging on, even basic logging on Salesforce sucks. You get what, a meg, two megs? And and it's only for like, you know, a maximum of two hours or whatever. I mean, they've actually added a few options recently, but it's still still extremely limited. There's I mean, forget something like New Relic or actually application monitoring, there is no monitoring. You there's some logging, which is extremely limited. No monitoring whatsoever. Then again, like if this is a single tenant system, and this or this is something like you ran yourself. Maybe you even ran in AWS or in your own data center. You could go through the that that trend, that that log, the database log, and salvage every transaction that was salvageable. That's your choice, and whether you want to do that, take the time, the effort, whatever. Again, as a as a customer of a SaaS system, you that's not your that's not your option. They're gonna they're gonna decide. It's a compromise. Well, it's, it's I agree. A decision I agree. You
0: make whenever you go this route. I know it's just something to think about. I still you know, think I still when think you rely it, on de- it's a better decision than than managing it yourself. Well, I, I I have to look at the it's just case by case. It, it is case by case. I mean, I mean if you, if you, you mission can't make critical, blanket statements about that. If you're a bank, you might not want to outsource that. Yeah, you, you might, might, need to, might not want to run, run on Salesforce.
1: Yeah. You know, but if you're just if you're selling, you know, widgets to companies and thing of Bob's, and yeah, and you're, yeah, exactly. And you're then you're it's probably it's probably great for that. But when you rely on like disaster recovery in a SaaS cloud environment you know you don't have a dedicated engineer that's going to say what to, what to do right i mean that SaaS company they're taking this they're taking a holistic view of the entire failed infrastructure and they and they're going to figure what what solution to that is most likely to take longer to implement and they're probably going to go with whatever's the fastest and that may be good for you and it may not be good for you but again, so, I,
0: I think it's a case-by-case thing. I mean, there, there's, there's a few things I want to say about this. I mean, I think for one, it it exposes the vulnerability of Salesforce in terms of, of being this SaaS where you've kind of let them handle it, the, the information for you. I think it's going to have ramifications on the sales process, and, including SLAs. I think more people are going to be fighting for, for some kind of SLA. They're going to... This, yeah, with, so, with something like this happens and you, you start thinking about it, right? Yeah.
1: You know, when uh, when someone's house gets broken into your neighborhood, that's when everyone starts calling you know ADT and saying, hey, I need, I need uh,
0: security service. Yeah. I mean I mean the other thing is is these type of failures are going to happen so what are you going to do to protect yourself from it because you aren't in control so if you do make that compromise of okay I'm not in control of this but the benefits outweigh me managing and and building out the infrastructure myself but what am I going to do to mitigate my risk and I think I think more and more companies are going to have to start considering that you know either some kind of backup routine or process or, well, or some way of mitigating it's
1: funny you say that because I was just thinking about like there's these services um, spanning mm-hmm. um, and the, like backupify uh, whatever ones do Salesforce I mean boy this is
0: great for them oh they should be they should and be what's, flooding what's, their marketing what's the one that does the live
1: server or re- quasi live SQL server backup uh, dbamp yeah, yeah yeah by the way they should all be sponsoring us <laughs> you know yeah. This podcast costs money, folks, to make. We got this <laughs> qu- flashy equipment, these blinky lights, and all this time we're taking? Yeah. Come on. We should. I should go bleep their names until they, <laughs> and you know, and you know, should ask them a copy of it and say, listen to this podcast, and then let me know how much <clears throat> this it's worth for you to unbleep this. <laughs> is, is that, it's not corrupt, is it? It is. Is that fraudulent? Yeah. <laughs> Um. Yeah. But, Another interesting question that came up was: um, some customer asked, "Well, how do we know how much data we lost? I mean, like, especially a, a company that maybe, you know, they don't do a lot overnight, but maybe some, and maybe they got some international people, whatever. They there's and the answer is, well, we. And, I, and, I, and again, this is the, at, at this point in Salesforce, you can't expect them to know. They don't know. No, yeah. it's gone. I
0: mean, there, well, there's some limitations of the technology. It may,
1: it may be gone. Some of, some of it's for sure gone, but there's a lot of it that may not be gone. They have. That the rest of that log file that they didn't have time to replay, that's still there. And by the way, if you need that, credit case with Salesforce, because they may be able to get you a
0: lot of that data back. But there's a lot of it that you can't. I mean, true. One of the questions was on web delete. I don't think that's recoverable at all, because the service wasn't available for it to post to. Well, no, the, the right. If 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 the web delete didn't happen, then it doesn't exist. Right. But if it did happen, if it happened and it's in the logs, then yeah. But I right. mean, during that time, it was out. There was nowhere for
1: it to go. But for Salesforce, I mean, at the end of the day, they got they got to balance like these one in a million cases against day-to-day operations and costs. Right. And at some point, you just, you're like, we'll just put an asterisk on our service guarantee at the bottom. You know, that's a part of it. Like, blah, 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 blah. Well, just, that's good enough. And it's worked out well for Salesforce so far. And, and I don't know. Did did they make a trade-off decision like, well, for example they decide, they decided not to upgrade those storage arrays now obviously if they'd known hindsight's 2020, they might have legitimately thought this is this it's a minor bug and that maybe the vendor even told them it's a minor bug
0: well I, I think more realistically what happened is is if it wasn't flagged as critical then they they stuck it on their roadmap for right. for, for a patch release exactly a, a because plan. it's not like you can right. you can take down the system on a for for random maintenance for every well, potential firmware and, update that comes up, and we don't know. I mean, maybe this
1: maybe this array can be uh, hot flashed, and I yeah. like to be hot flashed. Um, maybe it can be hot <laughs> flashed, and uh, it doesn't have to be down. They just decided, well, we'll we'll schedule that a couple weeks out. I mean, yeah. I, I who who knows? I mean, this is all just second guessing at this point. I think, but I, d- I definitely think Salesforce will learn from the mess from this. I think overall they've got a great track record. It really I think it'll it, make them stronger in it, terms of their data centers because they're going we'll be, to be some renewed focus on we'll it. See. I, mean, I think I'm, you know, it may hurt that profitability line. I'm not sure because this stuff is not cheap to do. Although their data center costs are not their by far, not no. not their highest cost. Yeah. I mean, you think it would be because they're a technology company, but no, it's they s- spend more money on you know bottles of sh- bottles of champagne and mm-hmm. steaks than they do on uh, servers and storage arrays. Yep. Woo. Oh, I have so much more to go, John, but it's just I'm tired. Yeah. I can't do nothing. I mean more. I really have a lot more, but on this topic or I want to get to the whole communication aspect, but we are we're over two hours in and I've got I got more beer waiting for me. <laughs> so <laughs>
0: and to that I say good day, sir.
1: <laughs> you get nothing. You lose. Good day, sir.
0: He's a jackass.
1: This concludes today's conference call. You may now disconnect.